2: Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Every Step Along the Way, where we will be looking at the past season and the squad. We'll also then be putting together a nice little transfer um, wish list, if you like, a shopping list for Alex Neal. Mike, you are joining us today and there's got some special guests with us, haven't we, mate?
3: We have some very, very special guests, Uh, some familiar faces for for a lot, but... Uh, yeah, no. Thanks for everyone for, for joining us.
2: But so, so just to introduce everyone who is on here, we've got Ben. Hi, Ben Rowlick, How are you?
4: I'm annoyed, man. I mean, Covent Luton are in the playoff final. Yeah. One of them's going to be in the Premier League, and I just my brain can't comprehend. I just, I'm, I'm just, i have We've not even started and I've fed up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> would you prefer the Middlesbrough Sunderland final would that have made you feel a little bit better
4: I'd have I, I preferred a Stoke Wigan final so that we had a chance of winning it but here we are as long as it wasn't played at home they'll <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> want
2: um, we have Anthony Hall uh, regular voice on this podcast as well how are you Ant
1: alright thanks totally in agreement with uh, Ben there it's a uh... I'd have preferred Coventry medals, but it was never going to happen, was it? You know, no, we've so... played each other, but uh, Yeah, yeah. So but do you do you
2: think Coventry are going up there? Is it?
1: I hope so. I, I, I know that know. It shouldn't matter with the because t- none of them matter to us, do they, But um, It would be nice to see Coventry back in the top league. I
2: don't know. There's just something something perverse about me wants to see all these, you know. £100 million pound footballs and whatever visiting Kenilworth it. Road. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an awful place, isn't it? It's an awful place. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But, uh, actually, Coventry have had put up with so much with the ground-wise and the fans travelling up to Northampton and Birmingham or wherever else. I just feel as though they deserve a bit have a bit of luck.
2: Yeah, if they do get up, if they, it's the opportunity to sort of set the club right again and say, if they don't sort of... Waste me or mess it or mess it up again, yeah, uh, financially. Uh, and there is actually a fifth voice on this podcast, and it's somebody making their every step along the way debut. Uh, so you may know if you're on Twitter as Potalytics. So do you want to introduce yourself?
5: Yeah, very nice to be here, guys. I'm uh, I'm George from Potalytics. Uh You might have read some of my silly stats nonsense either on Twitter or or on the blog. Uh, so yeah, slightly happier than Ben. I I watched the Man City game, so that was nice. It's like watching a completely different sport.
2: As did I. They made Real Madrid look like, um, well, Stoke.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what? just an incredible team that's, you know, done everything they can to accommodate some of the best players in the world. And then even when they want to make a substitute, they just bring on the next best players in the world. So it's not really fair to anyone, to be honest, but
3: there we go. Thank God we didn't uh, fluke the playoffs because imagine Stoke going up against them. <laughs> that, would be, that would be hilarious, don't you think? I think we'd all be there just laughing our socks off actually losing 9-0 at, at half time. like it'd be, it'd be quite funny, I think. Can just you imagine
2: that
1: against
3: us? It'd be great. Jagielka and Fox at centre-back
5: against De Bruyne and Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, well,
2: I think that's a good cue then. So we'll start with the back line and the very back. So the goalkeepers that we've used this season, we have had Joe Bursic, Sixteen games, five clean sheets, fourteen hundred and forty minutes played. And what is your rating for Joe of ten? How, how, how would you? Before we sold him, was he? How, how would you give him as a season?
1: Uh, I would only go to a four. To be quite honest, I felt as though he was always due a mistake. A lot of shots went straight through him. A lot of shots hit straight at him hard. He he, did, he didn't manage to stop. Um, wasn't impressed at all. And I expected something of him, to be honest. You know, I, I looked at him start of the season. I thought he this is he'll grow, but but he didn't. He never commanded. Uh, shaky, poor for me.
2: What about what about you, Mike? Do you think, is, is that fair for, for Joe Basic?
3: Yeah, very fair. I think he was in that time when we couldn't find a goalkeeper who could catch a ball or start throwing it into his own net or, you know, missing the ball completely. So, yeah, he, he it's, a, it's a shame for Joe because he, again, I think potential is still there. I think Joe may go on to still have a really good career. Uh, we have just had a bit of a run of, Destroying goalkeepers like we've been having a run of destroying strikers, I suppose. So I I think uh, a four is probably very fair.
2: Fair enough. I mean, obviously, with um, Jack Bonham now, he's played 27 games, six clean sheets, only four actually in the league. So he played 23 league games, only got four clean sheets. Um, What how would you rate Bonham's season? Do you think what he's better than better than previously seen, or would you? Uh, where would you rate him in this in the the got the trio of keepers that we had this season? I,
5: I I find it very difficult. I don't I don't want to be kind of come in and be straight away pessimistic, but I find it quite difficult to rate either Bonham or Bursic higher than the other. Um, I think to to kind of go back to the stats hat the, both of them have a. Of letting in about nine more goals compared to the shots that they've faced that you'd expect from the shots that they've faced this season. And, it, you know, amongst themselves, the fourth worst in that department in the league. So, yeah, I, both let in four 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 and a half extra goals than, than expected and neither really impressed at all, to be honest. I think the third goalkeeper you speak about is the one who's kind of stood out.
2: Yeah, so... Obviously, like Sarkic there, I mean, like I say, he only just the eight appearances, 675 minutes, but did get three clean sheets. He looked, he did look better, didn't he, than the other two. He, he looked uh, more assured. I know there were some of these crosses. He obviously comes to punch crosses, doesn't he, rather than um, catching in that. For certain fans, is a bit worrying, um, but I think that's just something you maybe have to live with in modern day to with a goalkeeper.
5: Yeah, and I think as well as himself, just making the goalkeeping department look a bit more steady. I think the defenders looked a lot more steady with him in front as well. Um, we kind of went through that phase where we de- we were defending very aggressively, and I think he was a really crucial part of that uh, in those kind of that 10 12 game run where we we looked like a proper football team.
2: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, basic has gone. Now, Bonham um, and Fielding and Blondie even have got new contracts. So, and the news is, I mean, since we sort of we agreed to do this, it's a good job we delayed it to now because it appears that Sarkic may well be close to coming through the door. So, with the goalkeeping options that are possibly available, is he? Are we, were we happy to have him come through?
3: Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, me personally, yeah. I, I'd say so, Dan. I mean, again, he's not going to be expensive. You know, he's going to be a relatively cheapish deal in theory. I can't imagine that you know Wolves have been paying a massive amount of money. I think you know, I think a few people on this pod have, have all mentioned that goalkeepers don't go for for tons of money. Um, we certainly know that with uh, obviously with, of course, Bursic, He went for what three hundred thousand, and we've done the same for the likes of Butland in the past, and you know very, very few goalkeepers go for anything worth um, anywhere close to what their true value should be. So, yeah, I mean, for for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I agree. He looked relatively solid. I do dislike goalkeepers who punch when they can catch the ball. But like you say...
1: They all do Michael,
3: Now, Yeah, they they all do it now. So it's more of a... um, I don't know. The better teams tend to have a, a goalkeeper who punches. So maybe it'll work like that.
1: Man City's got all these bad all our
3: midfields. It's not difficult
4: though,
3: is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it.
4: Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, yeah, we'll see appreciate. you next week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is about as ne-
4: much as
5: I want to discuss this season to be fair. Next week is Defenders.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, Defenders. Um, they've had quite a few actually um, sort of play bits and parts this season. Um obviously we had Tom Edwards have been out on loan he's missed the season I mean we're not going to rate Lewis McCurry in his five minutes uh, David Cog- <laughs> Cogbu still here he went out on loan um, I don't even think there's much yeah Tom Sparrow I don't think he deserves two hundred and sixty-eight minutes I don't think that we can really give Twanzibu one, can we for 330 I mean he, he probably prints some of the best defensive displays this season and he's what five hours on the pitch and <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: Um, you could probably argue that that those five hours on the pitch, though, Dan. At least you know, considering you know, obviously he, he could come next season. Um, I think what you could say we have seen is potential. Again, I hate the word potential sometimes because it means very rarely is it is it actually reached. But I think he's looked a good solid. If he wanted to put a number behind it, I think he's he's been a good solid seven or eight. He's not really put too much of a foot wrong. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of hope he doesn't fall down the crack of of what we kind of discussed off air around another Nick Powell who comes in and, and Ben made a very good point of that. We're going to have to take a gamble. You said that yourself, didn't you, Ben? About we we haven't we can't afford ready proven you know defenders or players, strikers, whatever they are. We we can't afford the uh, the uncheckered past, if you like. Yeah, exactly right. It... <laughs>
4: Every player that Stoke's going to sign in the next couple of years is going to have something wrong with them. Whether they're not good enough, whether they've got an attitude problem, whether they're injury prone, whether they're older, whether they're not old enough to know how they're going to perform in the championship, whether they've never played in the league before, whether they've got language barriers, Something's going to stop them because otherwise we won't be signing players good enough. Uh, to play for us, and I think that that's where we fell down on a number of occasions. Signing players who are safe, know the league, but actually aren't good enough anymore. Um, and as long as we have decent cover, and we might be able to do that with uh, some free transfers and some loans in defence as well. Maybe some of you stepping up. Uh, you mentioned David Akagbu. We've got Connor Taylor still. Twanziebe might just be the role of the dice we need at the back because he's a great player. I had a very quick glance to see when he did play those five hours of football and he looks to have played a couple of times in that good run we had in March. And it's just those sorts of players we need to give us the foundations to springboard off. I think the reason why we've been so inconsistent over the last few years is just we're relying on players who just aren't consistent enough. They can have their good days and their bad days. But B. Has been at Manchester United for for so long. He's twenty five now. He's, he's yeah. He's 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 been there that long for a reason. Same with Lewis Baker. To be honest, when he was at Chelsea, there there was something in him. Um, I know he was out on loan a few times, but I I wouldn't be adverse to us signing him on maybe a a, a short term deal with low wages that perhaps rise with appearances or something like that. I'm
3: sure Stoke will be very creative about the way they sign players this summer. Um, well, I was reading about him. I mean, I, th- I guess question to, to all of you, I mean, like our wage cap is meant to be in the early 20s. Um, I think the average salary, I swear, was around 17,500, but obviously there's people in the early 20s. Now, um, if you believe the the websites and also the media outlets, Twanzibi was on 62 grand a week and if yeah. he would have stayed at Man United it would have been a 20 grand increase on that. Yeah, that I, is obscene. So, is he going to drop down to Stoke for 20 odd grand a week?
1: No. I, I, I don't know we can have 20 odd. I don't think we've got him on, on too much of the cheap. I do think we'll probably gain less than that because I can't see him um, moving... T- well, he's good enough move to a, premiership, a lower premiership squad. Um, but... I don't think we'll
3: get him for under thirty-five. I think and the we'll question is should is... we then spend that type of money, money yeah. on someone like that who we can't guarantee you know yeah. if we can't keep spending going back to the old ways, having got rid of all the crap we have and it's taking years to get rid of it of people on stupid wages and Christ, the fans have been slating Tony Skulls and stuff in the past for spending too much money on players. Especially, so if we're going to do it again, they're gonna mean we're not learning to lessons.
1: Especially a player who, who might not be fit that much during the season. Um good enough. Definitely.
2: The you thing know, is, good
1: is good he is players, but, um and the only good thing about it is we we'll be paying a fee for him. You know, it's coming on yeah,
2: th- if if he's coming in on a free, can you with wages into a uh, to a big signing on fee, maybe that'd be the you know, sort of like they have done previously, you know. And uh, yeah, I know Tony Poulos is quite good at it. Wanted to, to keep the wage bill intact. To, you know, certain people like Kemmy and James, for example, were like big signing on fees. To um so maybe you can do that. And obviously, the think of well, we haven't got to pay a fee for him. That is technically the fee that you that you're going to be paying.
1: Yeah, it is a um, different way around it.
2: I'd say that, that could be one, but uh, is is he good enough, George, in your ideas? Do you think, is he good? Like, Would you push the boat out for him in championship standards? Would he be one of the elite defenders in this division?
5: I think Ben kind of hit the nail on the head when he was talking about the, the risk of it in the sense that, like he said, the issues we've had before have come from not taking a risk and getting, in quotes, championship standards, you know, steady eddies who know the league... Um, when you look at the teams that go up year year in, year out, and they tend to have people who you didn't really know much about beforehand, or people who have come with a, a bit of a background where you thought, oh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I think for me with Twan Zabi if you get him to play 15 or 20 games through the season, and he shows the quality that he did in the three or four that he played for us this season, then you've got 15 to 20 games there where you've got an exceptional championship defender.
1: Any um, dead loop policy?
5: He did loop quality. He did, and I think the big thing with Twanzebe rests on who we then get as a backup. Because I don't, I, I don't see Taylor as being a backup who can play thirty games in a season. Um, but you could well have a backup who's more of a sort of challenging for the spot with Twanzebe rather than necessarily just a backup. So it's it's a bit of a risk reward thing, but. I think the way that Stoke seem to be, or at least are talking about it, and I know we've heard it all before, but are talking about going about recruitment is that they're not going to overspend on someone where they don't think the reward is worth the risk. Um, Whether they get that balance right, I don't know, but I'm slightly less pessimistic about it this time. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting, but if he does sign and gets a full preseason behind him, and can get 20 games or so, I'd I'd be quite excited by that.
2: Okay, so moving on to like the other centre half so center, halves that have left the club this season either during or now sort of post-season, You've got Morgan Fox, Harry Suter, Kirk, Aidan Flint. Any of them any of them, Mike, that you feel were wrongly like I mean, obviously Suter was sold for money, but is there any of them you'd you'd you bring back now?
3: Um, could we potentially bring Suter back? I mean, I know if Leicester go down, I mean they might be a little bit reluctant. I mean, I don't know if they manage to stay up. I think a loan might not be too far off the cards, um, but I think that's a very big if right now. I don't think overall we can probably say I'm gonna. I wouldn't bring Aidan Flint back. I thought it was very average at the, and I think that's being kind. Um, yeah. More so on.
1: on a transfer?
3: No loan. Uh, th- there's no way we'd ever be able to afford him. I'm just thinking, he doesn't seem to be favoured there at all, does he? Uh, he's, he's barely played for them. So I think the only chance you've got is a loan. But even then, you'd question what a team going up fancy to take a punt on him, possibly. Um, so I'm not not regretting anyone. I think me and Dan, you know, we both said it last week. You know, to I'm surprised Morgan Fox has gone. I think, I think it was Ben who said it around maybe his wages. I think it's the only reason I think we'd probably let Morgan go because as much as we think he might have been very, very average, um, I think we could do worse as a backup player personally. So if you want me to, say, bring one person back, it actually would be Morgan Fox, and I would not have said that last season. I really would have, if I could drive, I would have driven him anywhere in this country. But, like, no, in fairness, he stepped up this year and he's gone from really crap to really average so we've done well and I take it we're all agreed that Ben Wilmot is
2: uh, Ben Wilmot and Connor Taylor for example are going to stick around um, quite happy to have them in the squad next season any objections
4: oh well I don't want the player of the season the to- they signed a new three-year contract to stick around. I want him to leave, please.
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it was more, more, more. It was more leaning towards
4: your Connor Taylor being. I know what place in the squad? Yeah, I, I think to be honest, Taylor's on a knife edge and has been for the last few games of whether he's good enough to be in the squad and play when required. It, I, I. I I can completely see why he's an attractive proposition to keep around because him breaking the lines is similar to what a suitor did for us when he was here. Uh, Same with Nathan Collins, that progressive defender. It's just a shame that it it is his raw defending that sometimes catches him out. You're only going to get that with experience. So, well, do you loan him out again to a League One team or a lower championship team? Or do you persist and just hope that he comes of age? He's 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 coming of actual age, slowly, slowly, so we're gonna to have to make a decision sooner rather than later. But I I guess it all depends on who we're able to bring in, doesn't it? He
1: he did all right towards the end of the season. He, we people were praising him up a lot, but a lot of his defending is panic defending. He gets the ball and he, he doesn't know where he's going.
4: Is that different to what we've seen for the last Year or two, I don't think it is. I think he's just one of a few in a system that doesn't that for a while has not known how to defend.
5: I will say as well, I think sometimes he can look a little bit like suit. He can look more panicky than he necessarily is because of his kind of his gait and his body type. Um, I agree with you, Ben, about him bringing the ball out and that QPR game where. I watched it back and I was about to write something on it, but it just depressed me too much to bother. Um, (laughs) And we were passing it around the back and people were moaning that we weren't playing the ball forward more. And the only person who ever kind of took it by the scruff of the neck was Taylor, who made a couple of those big sort of powerful runs through the middle. And that is pretty invaluable for a side that wants to play like we do. So I'd be surprised if we've got the room to get rid of him, to be honest.
1: That's a fair comment.
5: Do you think as well that
2: because of his start, obviously we picked him up from Stafford Rangers, didn't we, and he'd been let go by the veil, that his opportunity to improve is not as if he's been coached and coached for the last 10, 12, 13 years. He's coming into this environment later, isn't he? So is the opportunity, like the ceiling there, maybe higher later on in his development than would, would be with other defenders?
4: I think as well, you put a competent goalkeeper and full-backs next to him and Ben Pearson and all of a sudden, you've got a different player. Yeah. Talking of (laughs) (laughs) fullbacks, what a lovely segue
2: (laughs) into Harry Clark went, obviously he departed. Sterling, uh, Hoover, they've all gone. And obviously we're left with Edwards, we've got Timon, and that's pretty much it, unless you want to class, like, say, Macari as a fullback. Um, now, Harry Clark, I mentioned him. I know he, he went in January. In our player of the season, he came, uh, he ended up in 12th place, 290 points, 10 games, 10 starts, 10 um, sub appearances, 2 goals. Yet, if you did it on the, uh, the points they got in that player of the season ratings per 90 minutes, Harry Clark was actually top with 24.2 per 90 minutes, so he was well liked by the fans, if nothing else. <laughs> I'm not sure he was quite that good to be like the best player in the squad, but um, yeah, so he, he did all right in his squad. I was a bit surprised when he sort of just went and went to Ipswich, but he seems to have done a good job there as well. He?
4: I know that he's a local lad and I I think came through Ipswich before going to Arsenal, and he's he did, gone yeah. back to Ipswich now. Yeah, so I, look, I think it's more of the romantic pull because he was certainly good enough for the championship. Um, I think what we liked about him at Stoke was that he was sort of Andy Wilkinson reincarnated in a way. I'm not saying he was necessarily as good, but that aggressive style of defending um, was just really attractive, particularly when. We were in a defence that was quite slow, quite immobile, quite nervous. He broke that mould completely. Um, and, and he had a bit of an edge about him up front as well. Um, I think it's a shame that he dropped to League One. Um, but of course, like I say, he did it for romantic reasons. And if we're going to... I think he's definitely an Alex Neal type of fullback. I'd be surprised if Neil voluntarily let him go. I think recruitment will be based around finding someone like him, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean Neil also sort of wax lyrical about Sterling, didn't he? I know a couple of times heard him say he's the best one v one defender he's he's seen at this level. Um are you disappointed, Ant, that that Sterling's ended up at Rangers?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, going play non league football in Scotland is um, it it would have been one I think most people would want to stay. He was an impressive player, a good athlete, got up and down the wing. You know, so um, I don't like seeing Bable keep him, but the pull of the Champions League football in the end and things like that, I suppose the lad's always going to, you know, uh, uh, have down his thoughts. Um, Whether he'll be a starter at Rangers, I don't know.
2: Well, he's got a uh, James Tavern here to to push out the team, so (laughs) probably not an easy easy route in. It's such a
1: poor league to, and you know, it's it's not a lot of ambition for me going to Rangers. You know, you it, it like say it's
2: probably those those big games, the old firm games, and then the European Knights are probably the pull, aren't they? And I imagine they can pay better wages than we can.
5: Yeah, I would imagine so. I think it kind of marks a bit of a transition, that doesn't it? Because we've got to a point now where they can pay bigger wages than us. Um, players are willing to accept that. You know, he's he's going there, he's probably gonna win trophies. He's gonna get European nights. Previously we've been able to pull players away from that. And, you know, with the kind of Premier League club in waiting, or even Premier League club when we were there. But it's a it's a bit of a transition for me that we're kind of we're part of that grey bilge in the middle of the championship now. And there's not so much of the, the pull there anymore.
2: You reckon we could pull Keanu Hoover back? Would you want to see him come back? I think, I think personally, a permanent deals out of the question. I think he cost too much money, didn't he, to Wolves? But I can see them trying to send him out on loan again next season.
1: he, he had a dodgy start, didn't he? But I think, you know, when we first got the games he played, we were thinking, "Oh, what have we got here?" But then he came into himself, scored a few goals, and, that, and he looked to, towards the end of his spell. I think through through his spell out after the first two or three games. He looked a good player. Um, like you say, we're not going to be able to sign him. It's going to cost too much money. He, well, he will take too much out of your budget to be good. And um, yeah, loans about the best thing we can hope from him.
2: He, the, he was man. always very. Yeah, I think that George. I think he was always very sort of assured of himself. Once he? he always seemed very um, confident in his own ability and and. That sort of shone through into his game, obviously, when he did score a goal. He seemed to push himself, like puff his chest out even more then.
5: Yeah, I think he's the kind of player who is, at least on the ball, a step above this level. Uh, Probably knew it as well. And he did have that, you know, he was a key part of that really good spell. I did see him drop off a little bit towards the end, and I don't know whether that was kind of fatigue of playing a lot of games in a fairly... Heavy running system, or whether that was just you know towards the end of the season. But I think I'm pretty much with you that if he could come back on loan, I'd I'd snap the hands off for that. And I think that's probably the be going for. Um, Alex Neal said it a few times: you you use your loans to get players that are too good for you to buy, kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So obviously the two, like I mentioned before, the two fullbacks that we have got are Tom Edwards and Josh Timon. Both, not without sort of doubts over the future,
3: is it safe to say, Mike? Um, I mean, J- Josh Tymon, I- I'm a big fan of Josh Tymon, Dan. Um, and, you know, also you know, Tom Edwards as well. I Personally, I would have both of them. I-, I didn't think that Tom Edwards at the time leaving was actually a good idea. Um, I believe from some speaking to somebody who's very good friends with with Tom, is that, you know, he really enjoyed his time you know, in America, and I think he's enjoyed his time, obviously, on loan despite his injury. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Tom come back. I think his ability, in terms of his defensive capability, apparently, is, is definitely improved, uh, which is obviously important. Um, he's already, he was you know, a local lad, he's already ingrained in the club. So if, if we offered him a chance to come back in, uh, I'm sure he'd snap our hands off. Um, I think it would be stupid not to at least consider him. Uh, I really would. Now, Josh Tymon, it's strange. He was, um, he's had a lot of critics, Josh Tymon. And when he first walked into this building, my God, was he raw. Like, you wouldn't have had him warming up the bench, do you know what I mean? But, you know, Josh has, for me, just convinced me of what a good player he really can be. And some some of his delivery um, is up there with some of the best. The problem is he obviously went and got injured and he's come back and he's, yeah, he's been below average, let's be honest. He's not been great. But how many players do that after they've had an injury? You know, they, they really find time. So I, I think the question will be, do we try and make him into a left back? Do we try and make him into a winger? Or do we just accept that he's probably a better left wing back? Um, I think he could be a winger. If if we can get that cross in with a couple of clinical strikers, I think it will be... Prime position to uh, to take a wing, an actual winger spot. Um, I think both of them, a hundred percent, got a place in this squad.
2: Yeah, Mark touched on it there. I think Ben didn't see that the strength for both of them, Edwards and Time, is delivery. I'd say in attacking wise, uh, they have both sort of got flaws defensively. Um, I think personally, I'm. I, I mean, people say a lot of people say Josh Timon can't play left back. He can't. He's defensively not good enough to play left back. But for me, when we saw him previously at left back, that was quite a while ago, and he has transformed himself as a footballer in the time playing as a left wing back. So I'm not actually convinced that he couldn't play left back now, Jeremy, you know I mean? because I think he's a different player to when he when he played there before.
4: Yeah and uh, the thing is these players will continue to develop. We're lucky that both of them are still at a decent age. If we talk about pure footballing ability now, um you know th- someone's bad defensively yesterday doesn't mean they're necessarily bad defensively tomorrow. Um so I I I certainly think there's place for them both here I, I, again on a footballing level, particularly when I'm all right, I'm thinking both are quite versatile. I think Edwards played at centre-back. I think um, Timon's played in midfield. <laughs> like, if yeah. we're going to be having a really threadbare squad next season and Michael O'Neill's just, just had a shudder down his spine, we're going to need versatile players. Um, we're we're going to need someone to go, ah, Ben Walmart's injured again. Uh, Tom, can you do a job at right centre-back today, yada, yada, yada. We're going to need that. Um, and I think both of them are prime candidates for that. have got no question that timing should be in next season unless there's someone, perhaps a higher-end championship club, who really wants to take him off our hands for some decent money. Um, well, I think that's not going to be the case because of how little he's played in the second half of the season. Um, and only one person, I think, will know for sure how Tom Edwards is personal circumstances are these days and he's the bald man sat in the dugout and we'll have to see come pre-season whether he stays or goes.
2: Is, is there anybody here who wouldn't keep Josh timing around?
5: I think we're in a position, like I said before, where you have some players in this squad left of the what dozen or so who are left who are maybe not consistently showing it but have shown that they are excellent players in this level and Josh Timon's one of them. Um like Ben says, unless someone's paying good money for him. Um I- I've made no bones of the fact that I think he's a absolutely exceptional attacking fullback. Um and I think one thing that we have missed a lot this season is having players who can get on the outside and put that delivery in. And he's probably the only one other than maybe Tyrese who's consistently good at doing that. Um so yeah he he wouldn't just be in the squad he'd be Pretty much starting for me, guaranteed next season, um, yeah. if he carries on as he has been
1: yeah best deal, yeah, best think... deal ever of the cross of the club without doubt
5: yeah, I
2: think I saw some stats um on Twitter actually the other weekend after the season finished, it was like different areas of the pitch, and who was the most dangerous player in time and on that down that left side, I think there was two or three spots. Down that left-hand side where he was delivering from and he was like when he picks the ball up in these positions there's nobody better in the league creating chances and I think that does that. that's the play that we see into that's the play that we know so for me he's got to stick around and Alex Neal he's not got a massive budget he's got a competitive budget but he's got a lot to do with it so people like timing where there's a player in there that's down to him to coach the best out of him and whatever he wants him to do for me.
5: Yeah, um, I think we say about risk-taking. Oh, sorry. We say we say about, you know, you've got to take risks on new sign-ins. I think part of that is you've got to take risks with the players you've already got here as well in the sense that we can't really afford to not hope that our good players will continue to be good or maybe get better next season.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's certainty You can't just you've got to look at what strengths are and get play-to-play as strengths I and mean, you and get the best out of what you have got in the building as well as bringing in others. Um, somebody who won't be in the building next year is Sam Klukas. So he's, his uh, stay is gone, as has Nick Powell. Um, obviously, Ben Pearson is temporarily at least de- departed. Uh, Will Smallbone gone back to Southampton. I mean, there's four... Four quite big names there of varying um, impact, shall we say, in recent times. Any any of I them mean, sad to see? I mean, obviously I think we will be going for Ben Pearson, won't we? Is anyone does anybody not want Ben Pearson back in at Stoke next season? I can't can't imagine that there would be.
3: Not unless they've been sniffing glue.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. That, that's uh, that's what I like to hear. No, I don't got to boot anybody out. <laughs>
3: the way that Pearson
4: plays, yeah. I think he's the one sniffing glue.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Joe Allen reincarnated, any um, uh, Pearson? Couldn't stop running. No, he's way more aggressive
5: <laughs> than Allen.
3: Allen would yeah. knock you over and apologise. Ben Pearson spit on you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Although Alan's he did.
3: So, sorry, I was going to say, he did ruin our 100% no red card record, I think. And he was proud of it. And he was proud know. of it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because as soon as you
5: tweeted that, I'm pretty sure the next three or four games, he made a couple of absolutely ridiculous fouls. It was like he was, he'd read what you'd put and he'd gone, right, well, I'll show them. Not letting that go <laughs> no t- for a full season.
2: Yeah. No yeah. team of mine going a full
3: year without a red. <laughs> okay. I you a what
4: year should, a red card is something to be proud of. Like we, we shouldn't go people who are angry.
3: Yeah, angry, nasty pieces of work. Um, and we'll, what we should tweet out now was: uh, you know, we we never score fifteen. You know, our players never score fifteen goals a season each. See if they can do the same thing. You know, maybe maybe they'll go and score fifteen goals if if we start tweeting out that well. they don't do it. <laughs> Pete Smith at the
2: Sentinel, he's one step ahead of you. Did you see what he's, he's put that out, he? There's only he? three clubs. There's only three clubs in the 92 who have had a longer wait for a 20-goal season striker than Stoke. Bring right. that Peter Thorne.
3: 1999, <laughs> 2000,
5: 24 goals. That's it's right. all right. I, I remember, didn't Berahino promise someone a beer if he'd get double figures? Oh my God. That was that? I, I'm sure I remember that
3: somewhere in the annals <laughs> of my mind. Double figures in appearances?
1: <laughs> we did discuss about Pearson thing before the Bristol the, the Bristol game when we were saying you know we've got no red cards and we said at the time it's going to be Pearson we did say that yeah no it was yeah it was going to happen at some stage it was, it was just when
2: yeah he, he, he was um, I think did he pick up like eight yellow cards in, in amazing. his 14
5: guaranteed Four. tenner every week from the bookies Perfect.
2: Like. Fourteen appearances, eight yellow cards. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Adam all
3: over to, again.
2: He, he was adamant he was getting sent off at the last in the last minute against West Brom. He picked up the ball, chucked it at the player. No, okay, that's not. It. I'll do it again then. Oh, far, I'm have to give the I'm gonna have to give the ref a mouthful then. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that
4: he didn't have enough games left to get a like a number of yellow cards to get banned through too many yellow cards. So he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to have to get a straight red then.
2: <laughs> and He he needs a week off every now and again. Yeah. He needs a weekend off. <laughs> um, well, what that does, uh, I, I take it's, it's, it's... Now, Ben, we spoke about Nick Powell a while ago, didn't we? And we said, you know, he's still one of the most talented people in the division. I'd still like to keep him around... Having watched him in the last few games, uh, do you know what? I don't think he's able to play how Alex Neal wants him to. I can't see where he fits into that that team. And I've sort of flipped and I'm not not happy to see him go, but I understand why he's been let go. Not just for his fitness, then, I think his style of play, where he'll go somewhere else and flourish, I'm not sure... He's got the
4: intensity for Neil. I know what you're saying, but I think... I can't judge, I think, any of our players on the last six games just because we were just dreadful. Fitness was at an all-time low. We had injuries. Nobody seemed to care because we weren't going anywhere. Absolute write-off. And as well, I think Nick was mainly playing at striker with the balls being lumped up to him. I, I just... Nah, I, I think he, he was used wrongly for the last six games. I think he was only put up front because Neil said he's the only strike we've got that's six foot one that we can lump up to. Um, I, For me, he, bearing in mind when he's fit, could have definitely carried out that Will Smallbone role. I think he definitely didn't have quite the, the stamina that Smallbone did, but even Neil said Smallbone's got the, the stamina of someone who's who's been playing in the league for years, right? You know, you don't come across that player very often. And I don't think we're going to find that player again this season. So we're going to have to adapt to a number 10 that doesn't run quite as much, I think. But, you know, the stuff we've missed over the last season, how much could we have done with a Nick Powell at number 10? And I think, to be honest, under Michael O'Neill, and I think under Jones as well, won the odd game he did play for Jones. He pressed. You know, I remember Nick Powell working reasonably hard um, and got the same tag that Tyrese is getting now and Anousavich used to get and Fuller used to get of. Oh, well, he's an offensive player. You know, he doesn't work very hard. I think he did. I think he did press. Um he, it's all by the by because he's gone and um, I think with his injury record even I was just fed up when he got his last and latest injury um, but good luck replacing him really good re- good luck replacing him
2: yeah people have that ability a few and far between at this level um, the success really leaves us quite short in field the, the only players really that we've got first team wise are Jordan Thompson Louis Baker and Josh Loren. Now Josh Loren's nailed down a place for me on the side. And said, can you see either Baker or Thompson being the man in the manager's thoughts now as like, yeah, I'm happy to, to to play with them next season?
1: Baker, yes. I still think there's something in Baker. You know, you don't become a bad player, you know, all at once. He's, he didn't have a great season. Thompson, on the other hand, I, I don't see the point of Thompson. I don't see what he does. I don't see what he gives the sides. It's he, he, plenty of effort there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have kept Thompson. I don't yeah, know what the situation is. He's not. He's, he's just not my kind of player.
2: I think he was already contracted to next season anyway. Um, so I don't think they've given him any extension as like, recently, but I do understand what he's saying to I me. Mean, he's made tw- 23 starts, 15 sub-appearances this season, and the game, for me, I, I don't know, George, what you think of this, but it seems there was passing by.
5: Yeah, I think the problem with Thompson, in my view, is the same problem that I have with Morgan Fox, that I think he was coming in as a Decent young player who had some good potential. Um, At the minute, my view is that he should be a squad player. Um, Again, just because we've got so much to do with the team, I'm not against keeping him, and I don't think it's worth actively trying to sell him. But it's just, you know, he's played over 100 games for Stoke now. And I remember seeing that stat a few months ago and going, when the hell did that happen? (laughs) And I think that's the problem with it, is you have... You have squad players who are here to be squad players and they almost, for some reason at Stoke, almost all of them end up playing really major parts in the side for quite consistent parts of the season. Um, And it makes it so much worse because, you know, Jordan Thompson, I don't think is necessarily good enough to be playing in this Alex Neal style every game. If he needs to come in for a few games every now and then because we've got injuries or fatigue or whatever, I can handle that. But you just put so much pressure on what should be squad players, in my view. Um, And I I don't know why it keeps happening to us, but this sort of thing keeps going on.
1: We tend to put on there, and when he's on the pitch, he he doesn't change the game in any way. And when he's brought on from the bench, I never feel. I feel so we get worse. But you know he doesn't. He doesn't make anything any about it. If you bring you somebody, close the game. He doesn't. He doesn't close the game up. You know his, his passing ability is not there. It, it, no, for me.
5: No, Baker, I think we've.
1: Like I say, Baker, yes, Thompson now.
5: Yeah, I think with Thompson, we've seen he seemed fine at first, and we've seen with people like Laurent and Pearson and and Baker, um, and Smallbone, and you know that. Just that ability, the extra little bit of ability in midfield to be able to take it on the half turn, which is something that up, up until maybe last season with Sawyers and Vrancic, mm. I basically hadn't seen at Stoke for about six seasons. Uh, and it makes such a difference. And I think Thompson's one of those players who's probably just a little bit below the level for that.
2: Yeah, it's probably the first player since probably in, in Zonzi in the midfield. And so you could just. Like I say, it's let the ball roll and take on the half turn. Baker and Loren there. I mean, Loren's coming to a bit of goal scoring form towards the end of the season. Baker, let's not forget, got eight goals this season. And you know, a large chunk of it, second half the season especially, was on the bench. I think he also was, I believe, the top, like, joint top for assists as well. So, there's been a lot of people sort of really on his back, haven't they, ben, in this in recent times. And Actually, for me, I I still think there's a player in there. And I think as soon as what Anto said, you don't become bad overnight. And to me, I'd like to see him and Loren, especially if Ben Pearson comes back. For me, Pearson at the, at the, at the base of the midfield and Lorraine and Baker in front, I'd be quite happy with that going into next season.
4: Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, I, I guess it fully depends on how... Neil wants his midfield to play next season because I think the midfield and getting that right is possibly more important than any other place on the team for Neil because you, you, you've you got to get that midfield working hard and being effectual at turning the ball over quickly um, I think the problem we've had this season is that players like Baker Thompson and others have been too pedestrian in games lost their confidence um, the amount of times I walk through midfield or pass sideways or backwards and just slow down the play too much for how Neil wants to play. Um, Smallbone was the same for months and months and months until March and he figured out what Neil is asking him to do. Um, I think Baker's just lost confidence this season. When you think about how he was playing at the start of the season, you know, he was on course for a 20-goal season. You're not a 20-goal striker. He was on course for a 20-goal season midfielder. Um, and he think he's top assist as well, I heard as well. Um, there is there is a good player in there when utilised properly. That goes for pretty much any player we have, I understand that. But uh, I we'll keep him. It's just how we're able to utilise and get the best out of him and whether we can get him motivated again. I don't necessarily mean that he doesn't want to play for us. I just mean, has his head dropped because he's not been picked because we're playing badly because he think he thought he found a home, you know, we were able to give him a nice big contract in the summer and all of a sudden we've dropped him and he's back at square one where he was with Chelsea. And he, he Neil's got a lot of work to do, I think, over the summer to to reinvigorate him. But if he can, there's a hell of a player in there.
3: Does anyone think that the whole... Because one thing that people have been hitting him around the head with is since he's become captain or whatever, then he's got off the boil. Does anyone actually, actually believe that? Or is that just something to hit him over the head with?
5: I think that's one of those things that kind of generally comes up when someone happens to be not great. Because, I mean, he became captain yeah. and then, what, he scored five in the first 10 or 12 games or something like that. And Yeah, it's
3: cherry it, picking, isn't it? Yeah,
5: and I, I think Baker's the type of midfielder who, when he isn't scoring goals or taking brilliant set pieces or getting great assists, is not necessarily that involved in the rest of the game. Um, I think he's fine. He gets about, he does his duties, but he's not. When the goals do dry up that's when you get people saying, "Ah, oh, he's not bothered, he's not trying anything. Um, and uh, yeah, towards the end of the season, I remember he took a set piece and it was a bit over and he got absolute pelters from the crowd. And, you know, I d- goodness knows where that kind of thing comes from. I think I'm well with the rest of you guys that he's de- he's definitely a player that's well worth keeping at this level.
2: Yeah. I was going to that up. Know, Sorry, I don't know the exact stats, behind, yeah, I don't know the exact stats behind it, but I'm sure he picked up quite a few yellow cards in the second half of last season, and I know he picked up enough to be one off a suspension. I think he got put, like four bookings in the first six games of this season, and then he had to walk a tightrope for. It, and it was, I th- it felt like as soon as that fourth booking come. As captain, he sort of reined himself in, and he would stop putting a foot in, as if like he had to lead by example, and he couldn't go getting suspended after eight games, because what was that showing the rest of the squad? That's how it, that's how it appeared to be, and I think his game, and people say like yeah, he needs to be more mobile. We need somebody who's mobile. We need Somebody who's aggressive. We can get. I think he was that player until that moment, and I think. Wonder if he struggled to refine that that part of his game. Whether he's you know he's got into the rut of of holding back because he did seem to start sort of like say not sort of going full pelt when he was sort of you know, out of possession.
1: You can't support you that as a midfielder. You can't midfielders get booked. They put the foot in. They make tackles.
2: I'll tell you what we need. We need Ben Pearce and put an arm around him and go, mate, take them suspensions, it's fine. <laughs> it's a sign, it's a sign you do something right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just need you just need good backup because they're going to get suspensions. They're always going to get suspensions. I do, I'm not sure that happened, Dan, to be quite honest. I just thought he lost a bit of form. You know, he's, it wasn't just his... I mean, he's a great striker of the ball and, and his set pieces were, were brilliant, but he, as was said earlier... Um, he was, you know, he made a couple of bad set pieces and, you know, didn't reach the box or so hit the first man, and the crowd on his back straight away. It was, it was sad, really, because I, like I say, I, he's a player. He's definitely a player.
2: Yeah, I think it. I mean, as as the, as understandable as it is, I mean, we've all sat here and we've tonight and said, you know, our sort of. How downbeat we can be, even now, about the season. That's that's you know, even though it finished, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and you think, you know, you had years, possibly five, six years of of sort of negative results, negative performances, no real progress, and you can see, you know, the 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 sort of the, the the foundations and the good times of we the Premier are sort of whittling away, season by season, and. You see, that's understandable where the fans react in that way, but you do feel like, say, for players when they are lacking a confidence, when there is a player in there, that is only going to make them go into the shell even more into it, rather than sort of come through that the other side. I mean, I would say, how do you feel about on, on the crowd's reactions in that? Do you think? Is it just, are you sort of saying, yeah, your crowd can do what they want, they pay the money, it's justified, or would you sort of be, try and stick with them as much as you can?
4: Um, i I booed this season. I'm not going to deny it. I, I I I don't buy this yeah, whole uh, thing about you. You can't ever boo. Um, and I certainly think sometimes a boo can actually give a team a kick up the arse that it needs. The issue I have with it is that it's become constant. It's become the norm. It's become, you know, rather than a surprise, a shock to the players, you know, the the whole point of us booing right, is to tell us that what we're seeing is not good enough. And often the loudest boo doesn't necessarily come after a goal. It comes after a really poor passage of play and we're just like, I cannot believe what we're seeing in front of our eyes. The issue is we're seeing that so often that booze are just becoming so common and it's no surprise for the players anymore. They're just getting abject. They're getting down. And it I don't know how you stop it. Other than playing well and winning games, I think the players have got to find a way to... Play through a bad atmosphere, <laughs> and that it, it it's going to be really, really difficult to do that. And that's why I think, unless we get off to a quick start next season, we're in for more of the same, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, They're like a good, <laughs> like a good, Mundo, don't they, Stokies? Like, yeah, like a good scapegoat. I mean, we've had yeah. people, we've had Bonham, we've had Baker, and at one stage, Campbell. People run on Campbell's back.
4: Yeah. I
5: think that, yeah, they still are. I think I agree with you, Ben, that. It kind of, you know, that, that QPR game and quite a lot of games this season, actually, there's been boos for sideways and backwards passing. And it's, you know, as a stats nerd, it's not something I necessarily agree with all the time, but then you look at a game like I, I mentioned it before we started recording the Norwich game. Um, I think it was a nil nil uh, in the middle of that kind of really nice run. There was loads of people in the ground. It seemed more full than normal, Um and when we were playing sideways and backwards passes to just try and, you know, widen the pitch a bit and just do the normal stuff that teams do, there was no booing suddenly and there was kind of applause for cross-field balls and, you know, applause for playing out of situations nicely. So I think it's just just win some games and get people to feel like there's a bit of hope um, and and you get them back on side for the most part.
4: I think people's frustration has been that often we've been playing this patient football with no urgency and we've been 1-0 down and I it, yeah. I can I can fully understand and appreciate that that frustration that people have but again if that's what they're told to do if that's the only way we know how to play then the crowd have, have got to be a little bit more forgiving haven't they but again yeah. that that's that's easy said and done
5: Definitely. I, I, the, the purpose of doing that slow passing is that you then at some point change your tempo and speed it up a bit. Exactly, exactly. Um, and when it doesn't look like that's coming, that's when it gets frustrating, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to touch on what you said there, Ben, about um, booing can be a shock. One of the one of the senses for me was obviously when we got promoted 2007-2008, I remember we went Two 0 We were flying. I think we just beat Southampton. We beat Wolves. Beat Cardiff. We like we were absolutely just probably top two at the time. But we were two 0 down at time to Scunthorpe half time, and they got absolutely booed off the pitch. And they came out for the second half, and within twenty minutes, they were three two up. Ricky yeah, hmm. Fuller of- I think that changed. and that was because that was a and like you're saying there. That was a complete rarity for that side to to have that thrown at them. So they would have gone there half time and thought, Whoa, what's the, you know, we know we're playing badly, we're 2 0 down, but what the hell's just happened with the crowd? We need to sort that out. Whereas, like you're saying, if it's a constant, every five minutes they're doing something, or every match comes to it, it becomes a case of the players are waiting. Well, what are you know? When are they going to be today? Not
4: are they, but when are they? I assume it's similar. To, like I'm not a parent, but I assume the parents listening and in this call will tell me that like you shout at your kid once in a while, they'll sit and listen because you don't shout at them very often, and you know when you do shout at them, they pay attention. Um, you shout at your kid every day. He's just going to hate you, isn't he? And that's exactly what's happening to the players. And that's um, why I really appreciate players like Tyrese Campbell and Connor yeah. Taylor and the like, who have tried to try their best to push through the negativity and try something. And I think often it, it, it's to their own individual detriment. Like, look at the pulses that Tyrese has got. It's, I I think that's such a shame because he's 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 the one trying. He's the one trying to make a difference. No, it doesn't always come off. I fully appreciate that, and it is very frustrating when. You know, he's trying to nutmeg someone on the halfway line and then he gives the ball away. But sometimes when we're 1-0 down, that's exactly what you've got to do. And without it, we are going to be seeing this slow build-up with teams that sit back. We'll never break them down unless, you know, the team's braver in that instance. And ah, that's why I think we're stuck in such a vicious cycle at the moment. And we desperately need players in early. and We need a good start to the season.
5: Yeah, I think you're right about just laying sides who sit back. That's the way you beat them is if you're going to beat a side like that, you're going to lose the ball a lot trying, trying things because there's nothing else you can do with it, really.
2: But generally, you'll get it back. They'll generally give it you back because they will then try and hit you on the break quickly. And if your mm-hmm. defence are strong enough and alert enough, you usually win the ball back and then you go again. And I think that's what people, yeah. like I say, when you lose the ball, it's not the end of the world. You you've tried something you try something new, if I mean what was there was a game towards the end of the season, and it was like, and they did they went they went, like sideways sideways but pass through through a cross in, headed out, I, I think it might have been the QPR game, it was, and it was just like I think they put in like twenty seven crosses and before they had a shot on target and I was like, they literally they've got two massive centre halves who are just gobbling up every ball into the box and we aren't trying anything different they're just repeating the same thing again and again and again without rather than going actually let's try this now let's pull this defender out of this position or you know move the ball into this area or you know try try something like different ways of attacking and then you'll find results there because they can set themselves cause so they know what's coming because you just keep repeating it
3: that's where it comes anyway, down to the whole um well, 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 what we've actually spoken about for a while, mate, and that's you know, coaching and a a strategy and identity. I use the word a lot this season, but that's because you don't know whether you're a long ball team or a passing ball team or a wing back team, or you, you don't know what you are. Um, and that's one of the first things. He's got to go into this, you know, this preseason knowing exactly how he intends to play. And if it doesn't work out the first three or four games, so what? He needs to carry on and play the way which he's signed those players to play. And that's so important. We can't keep flip-flopping between two or three different formations and hope we stumble on it halfway through the season when it's too late.
2: Well, he's got no real excuse now, because he's got the no.
3: summer now
2: to bring in his players for how he wants to play. Because that's been his line since he since he took the job, was I haven't got the players here to play my way of football. So he's cleared the decks this summer. There's the enough squad space there and and stuff to to bring in the players he wants. It well, was to the the type of player he wants. So let's let's hope that there is more of a plan going forward. Um attacking wise, obviously this season we had Lonies, we had Liam Delap, uh, tweet Foss, who both left in in January. Um, Burson they came in, didn't really do much, didn't really have much opportunity. Partly due to the fact that we couldn't have so many loanies in the squad. Um, now that leaves actually attack is probably where numbers wise the, the most stacked area of the uh of the squad this summer. I mean We've still got Dwight Gale, Jacob Brown, Tyrese Campbell, and then obviously we've got some young we've got a trio of youngsters don't me and Emre Tezgal, Nathan Lowe, and DiMaggio Wright Phillips. So I mean, how, how have you fared? I mean, Dwight Gale's only scored three goals in 37 games this season, but has he contributed more than that, would you say, George?
5: Um, I find it tough. I, I'm very much of the opinion that for the wages, whatever they are we spend on Dwight Gale, we would be better having some kind of youngster coming through. Um, I think he's lost what he was exceptional at, which is the little bit of movement in the box. And I think we had a lot of talk earlier in the season of, oh, if he'd just been onside for those chances. And I think that yard of pace is the reason he is offside for those chances. I, I You know, he's he's very unlikely to be as poor in front of goal next season, but I certainly wouldn't be hanging any kind of, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be wanting him to be starting Twenty thirty games next season at all. Um, I think that's probably an area where the two year deal may have done us in, in my opinion. Um, but but as you say, in the way we've been playing, in that kind of particularly in the pressing unit that we had when we were really, when we were really in that Dwight Gale played a really important part in that. He was quite intelligent with the way he kind of curved his press and forced the ball out wide and into the areas where we wanted to get to it. So there's definitely an intelligent player in there. I just, I'm I'm of the opinion that it's probably not one I want to be seeing starting forty games a season. Yeah, I mean, obviously
2: the other striker I mentioned there. I mean, Ben Jacob Brown. Do you think he's regressed from this season? I mean, because he he seemed quite raw, didn't he, when we first signed him. And then last season, he seemed to have like sort of a breakthrough year, and you thought, oh, this he's just going to go hopefully go from strength to strength. But I think he's picked up a few injuries, niggles, change of manager, and he just doesn't quite seem to be the same player for me this year as he was last season.
4: Yeah, I don't think that Neil's got the best out of him at all. Um, we know that there's a player in there. And we know that he's not the sort of player to be finishing his dinner from six yards out. That's just not the player he is. What he is good at is picking the ball up on the edge of the 18 yards box and somehow smacking one home. And we don't believe he's got that ability, <laughs> but he absolutely does. He's also good at running the back that press. He's incredible at that. Surely one of the best in the league at that. Um, stretching defences, running behind. He, he can... Do that target man role that Neil probably wants from a striker. Um, not necessarily for every game, but but he could probably carry that role out I, again with a little bit more practice with his first touch. I think he, again with injuries and stuff, he's missed out on that this season. Um, but alongside that, this season, like he's been playing right back. He's been playing right wing. Like that's not what Jacob Brown is for. The masterstroke was when he was moved in into the striking. Position with good players around him, like Tyrese. Um, like, season was often played as a wide forward and helped Jacob Brown play his game. Um, I, I, I know that George is an advocate for Jacob Brown being the man to lead the line next season with a good player alongside him, as well as Tyrese, and maybe someone for Dwight Gale actually i I'd class him more as a number ten in the Will Smallbone role because that's exactly what he was doing. You know, he was linking up the play, he was he was pressing like Smallbone was. I wouldn't want him to start every game by any means, but actually he is he's he's becoming a he's becoming a second striker in number ten. He's not the player you want to lead the line. I'd much rather have Dwight Gale in behind Jacob Brown. Um but then I I, I, I I think both of those positions are where I will sign players anyway.
5: Yeah, I, I will. as well. Oh, sorry,
2: because if Gail goes deeper as well, it sort of removes a lot of the pressure on him to get them goals then as well. <laughs> and it's strange how football works. That may then lead to him scoring more. <laughs>
5: yeah, I think talking about the Jacob Brown, I, like like Ben says, I, I I got a bit of flack for, for saying in a recent article that you know, when when we're allocating resources and taking these risk and rewards, I think for me, one thing Jacob Brown is exceptional at is his movement in the box. Um, like Ben says, he doesn't always finish his dinner, but he's always quite regularly in a position where there's some dinner in front of him. Cool. Um and I think that's a pretty rare thing at this level for, for those kind of strikers. Um I, I'm a big fan of making use of him up there. You know, he's He's played half the season at right back and right wing and playing in that right half space under Neil, um, he got some really good chances. He did some really good work. He got some assists. And yeah, I I can't see how we can afford a a much better player in that position than him. Um, I would still sign a striker, but I would sign one who's fighting him for the role rather rather than one who's coming in and immediately starting up there.
2: So, if we're saying that Jacob Brown's slightly dipped this season, one player who I think it's fair to say, I think we, from what we've said so far, we all we agree here, Mike, is that Tyrese Campbell is happily now, post-injury, going the other way. And we're now sort of getting back to his best.
3: Yeah, yeah, Ty- Tyrese is, mate. Like we've all said, he's coming for a bit of stick this year. For me, that's... Everyone's entitled to their opinion, so it's not for me to say you're wrong what you're saying, except for, for the fact that you're wrong. Um, like the, the guy is so much more than a goal scorer. Um, I know he's a striker, and you want to turn around and say that you know he should be scoring 10, 15, 20 goals a season. If I'm not mistaken, this year has been the first full year post injury. Um, although these years are merging into one. So I think this is the first full year. So you know, this is a, a good year back. He still scored. What was it was he eight nine goals? I remember now I think it was nine. nine um, it was nine. Yeah. yeah. So he scored nine. And but how many of them goals that other t- people have scored have come from a Tyrese Campbell run, cut back, cross? How many have been missed from good crosses and good balls in? Like he is so much more than a goal scorer. And I think people just don't really. Appreciate it. It's whoever finished the ball off, they forget the fact that maybe it was Tyrese that, that helped to set it up. And I guarantee you, if Tyrese had not done what he's done from a goal scoring and assist perspective, we would be down because we have not got the goals or the creativity in any of those positions. Dwight Gale certainly doesn't offer us. And I, I like Gale's efforts that he runs a bit, you know, same with Jacob. I mean, forget the lap, he was bloody useless. But, you know, when we take Tyrese out of that, do you, does any of you really think we would have stayed up with a front three of Delap, Gale and Brown? Because I certainly don't. Come on. Look,
1: looking at Dilap, I'm disappointing with Dilap.
3: I mean, he's you know, done nothing at Preston either.
1: 22 games to Stoke, three goals. And that's prolific compared to Preston, where he's got 1-14. I and mean,
3: the, the goal for us as well, don't forget. They were tap-ins. He's not he done anything great. amazing. Just-
1: yeah, but I don't mind tap-ins if you're in that position, you're going to tap him in. It's, it's So, I was just so disappointed with him. So disappointed. When you think Southampton offered a hell of a lot of money for him on one stage.
3: Mm-hmm. But and they're relieved.
1: Actually, he just looked such an ordinary footballer. They're really disappointed with Dilap.
5: Extremely raw. The move to Preston seemed a very confusing one at the time. Um, understanding that, you know, we weren't a side creating lots of chances at the time and then sending him out to possibly the most defensive side in the league yeah. um, and who already have a, an established number nine I just I, I didn't see the sense in it whatsoever from city or de Laps' point of view
2: yeah he just he, he I think he's got a big big season ahead of him I too now he needs he needs to get himself a low move that comes off at this level um again we've said it so many times about so many plays there obviously is a player in there you know he hasn't come through this far with Manchester City um, under the tutelage of like Pep Guardiola and being so highly thought of there without some talent and some future in the game but I think he's got to find I think he's got to concentrate on his... He seemed to be overexcited, like a, like a Labrador bouncing around the pitch when he played for us. And you think, just concentrate on your game. I think he was over-eager to impress, of like, I, I, you know, I, I can run around, I can get stuck in, I, I'm not being over overawed by playing men's football. That's how he sport, appeared to be to me.
1: His first thought, every time the ball came towards him, was to follow the defender. He just kept running into
4: the defenders. The thing That's is, is I, to... I think we've we've got to be somewhat light on him because when he joined us, he was, what, 19? He's a kid. Yeah. It, it's the first time playing senior football. Will Smallbone was tragic as well for the first six months that we had him. Um, I, Maybe with a bit of persistence, the lap may have reached Will Smallbone levels after six months. I, I highly doubt it. But, you know he's a kid at the end of the day, and he'll have another loan next season and probably another one after that. And I wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's, he's got the the raw materials to be a very, very good striker, and he's got the confidence as well. Yeah, he probably needs to curb his enthusiasm a little bit, but at the same time, I, you know, when, when Guardiola let him go on loan, he said the one thing that he needs to work on is his first touch. Um, boy, don't we know it, <laughs> but... <laughs> Once he gets that in his game, you've got a good player on your hands, I think.
2: Yeah, like I, say, I still think there's a um, there's still there's still a future for him in the at the top level in the game. He's just gotta like I say find that right the right club and the right setup to let him flourish and get his confidence going again. Um like I say, I mean obviously we mentioned three youngsters ants as well. I mean we've got Emre Tezgal, Nathan Lowe, DiMaggio, Wright Phillips. How I mean, none of them featured greatly this season. Obviously they're all still quite young. I mean, DiMaggio's a little bit older. Um, how would you sort of look at them going into next season? Do you would you be farming them out on loan? Do you think it's is it make or break for DiMaggio this coming season?
1: Uh, that's the one for me, the DiMaggio thing. I expected him to play a lot more. I expect him to play this season. At some stage, you know, I thought he'd be in there quite a lot, or at least on the bench and coming on, or, you know, as an impact substitute and, and things like that. Tezgal and Neil low, I think it's still, it's really early in their career, isn't it? Really early. So a lone move for both of them might, might do them good. Although some people want to see him in, you know, on the verge of the team. So, you know, talking to the fans who, who sit around me, they'd like to see him either on the bench or in Tezgal's. Case at one stage they wanted him on the on the pitch, and towards the end of the season I know they were both injured. They were talking about low as well, so it's um, it's it's not make or break next year. So it, it would be good to get them out and having some game somewhere. You know, get get them, yeah. Uh, I think
2: those two have got definitely got time on their hands. I mean, they've got they both they're only seventeen now, aren't they? It's just a case of how do you try and develop them. I think. Um, for me, when what I did see, I think Tezgals had the greater uh, sort of youth football coming through. I mean, Nathan those scoring goals, but he sort of, he was one step behind once. He, as Emery was developing, he was like f- taking his place in the team as he moved up a level. And um, both scoring those goals and create, you know, really getting sort of, you know, putting in the performances. But... Nathan Lowe to me seems more physically ready for yeah. for men's first team football now but in the long run Emre will probably has the ability to be the to reach as a higher ceiling once you know once in a two three four years time I'd say but for right now for me Lowe seemed more adapted to the men's game I yeah. don't know if you saw it that way Ben
4: um, It's hard because it was such a small sample size. Yeah. Where Sixteen, seventeen will just flourish so quickly. It's a shame that they were both injured because that won't just set them back from the first team, that also set them back from their under 21s experience as well, where their peers will have had another six months. Um they obviously haven't had that, which is a big shame. Um obviously they still could have got injured if they were playing with the twenty ones. Um it's a big season, I think. For them next season, not necessarily in terms of you know whether they're going to be messy or not, just in terms of I think it's been mentioned on this podcast before whether they stay. You know we we need to show these players that there is a path to the first team, like was promised when Michael O'Neill was here a year ago. Um, it seems like perhaps through necessity or otherwise they were given that opportunity. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they're given that opportunity again. I know before we've said typically Stoke have sent defenders out on loan and not forwards. Um, maybe that's changed with Neil because DiMaggio did go out, didn't he? Although he didn't pull up any trees. Um, all of them, I think it's big seasons for them. Not necessarily in terms of their whole career, but in terms of their Stoke career, certainly.
5: I can say um, on the loan front, I, I having spoken to, to Gareth Owen I, to shamelessly plug, please do go read the interview um, with the defenders going out on loan and with the, any of the youth players going out on loan, they tend to do it um, to aim for specific kind of weaknesses or not necessarily weaknesses, but areas of improvement in their game. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, Connor Taylor was the example. He went out to work on his heading uh, basically. So in terms of Tesco and low, I would have guessed they might be too young to do a full, season in league football um but at the same time i'd be very surprised if i didn't see them playing first team football somewhere next season for at least you know at least five or six kind of game times worth of minutes
2: yeah and the way the way obviously the squad is going to be you probably want to keep one of them around the squad um you know, because i can't imagine there's going to be a plethora of, of attackers in there so you know two three you know, a couple of injuries and they're probably going to be called upon aren't they? at least on the bench so maybe like you're saying there maybe one of them goes out on loan August to January comes back is reassessed in the second half of the season but the other one spends the first half of the season with us and then gets him, gets his experience and uh, we may do it like that um I mean, Demar- George, what's with DiMaggio there, I mean, the irony of DiMaggio is he went to Northampton. He hasn't played much, as Ben's just alluded to there. He didn't get much game time. If he'd have stayed with us, ironically, he probably would have got more game time with us than he did at Northampton because we were sort of crying out for a bit of creativity and attacking-wise, weren't we? We were, you know, we were from the bench in that sort of last, last part of the season.
5: Yeah, and I think I think he probably kind of as you were kind of alluding to in Nick Powell earlier, he probably falls into a bit of a role that might not necessarily be right for him in this team in that I'm not convinced that he's quite got the sort of raw athleticism of a winger. Um, So he kind of, he, he's he was exceptional when he came on and when he played games and that kind of dropped back into those little half space sort of just behind the striker roles where he could get it in, little pockets of space on the half turn and play, you know, intricate football. Um, and I'm not sure that's something that Alex Neal sees in his team. Certainly not this season. And um, I think that's probably why we saw him go away on loan. It's a big shame that he went to a club doing so well as Northampton. Cause I think that's probably a main reason why he hasn't, hasn't got the minutes there. Um, I know they've had a, a pretty successful run this year and a, I've got a, by all accounts a very good number 10 already in the side uh, for that level. So I'm not sure it's, it's again, a case of in any other season, I'd say, I imagine he'll go out on loan again, but we've only got about five players in the squad. So it's tough (laughs) to say that at this point um, as to whether we've got the resources to be able to loan out these players.
2: Yeah. I mean, looking at the squad now, there was, so, so, moving into so what we're going to need, what we want.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you.
2: Goalkeepers, we seem to... I think there's probably only one goalkeeper coming in there. We've got Barnum, Fielding, uh, we've got Blondie, we've got even uh, Tommy Simkin as well. So there's four goalkeepers there. But none of them really are a number one keeper for me. I think we mentioned earlier on that we saw a deal apparently close to being done. And we all sort of agreed. So are we nailing Sarkic as a top... Top of the shopping list. Goalkeeper, number one keeper. Sirkic, Sarkic. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I think the probably, day probably. Day
4: the alternative is like, well, you know, it's funny with championship goalkeepers. They seem to be in one season. It's like um, Blackburn have Kaminsky, is it? And Bilbo yeah. will have Biakowski. Both of them and yeah. been dropped, but they're supposed to be great goalkeepers. So... Even even Bentley, when he went to Wolves, I think he was first choice at Bristol, and they're playing some random kid now. So championship goalkeepers are weird. I'm sure we could pick up... If 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 Sarkic falls through, I'm sure we could pick up a good championship quality goalkeeper from
5: elsewhere in the league. Yeah, I think we just oh. need a normal goalkeeper with normal hands. <laughs> and a normal set of limbs that can just be fine, and that'll do. <laughs> a normal brain,
4: normal exactly. nerves. Exactly. <laughs>
2: I think I think the Daniel Everson train has um, departed the station and I think his performances for Leicester Of uh he'll either stay there regardless of what they do or potentially move on into another Premier League club too. I think he's it's on it, all the falling stock at the uh, at the um King Power Stadium, I think his is actually the one rising at the minute. Are there other keepers possibly available? Carl Darlow from Newcastle, but on loan at Hull. Probably got no future at Newcastle. So and or Bailey Peacock Farrell, sort of set reserve keeper at Burnley. More gain time in the Premier League than he has this season. So two experienced goalkeepers there, possibly. Anyone interested? It
4: frustrates me so much because like there's there's solid goalkeepers everywhere, and we managed to pick up the only one who was going (laughs) to break or tear his quad or whatever it was, didn't we? We're just so unlucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, if if the circus deal does fall through, I think
2: we've just said that we've just pointed there, aren't we? That there are many options that we just reeled off between us about half a dozen there, aren't we, of potential goalkeepers? Um. So I mean, right back wise, we've got what Tom Edwards. Um, I know we've got sort of uh, Macquarie as a. I'd probably send him out alone. He's in the squad you've potentially got Sparrow and Wilmot who can fill in there, but you don't really want to be relying on that. Um, So I think we probably need another right-back. Is it agreed?
1: Yeah.
2: So, I mean, has anyone got any names they want to shout
5: out? I've not got a name necessarily, but I think from my point of view, if Timon is playing a lot of games, I think... The important thing that Sterling did well was was be able to defend on the back foot, um, and be able to recover and kind of shift across as we attacked into that, you know, more defensive fullback role on the other side. So I think if we're aiming for a right back, I would certainly like at least one of them if we sign one or two uh, to be pretty confident or or pretty decent in their in their one v one defending.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's some key Keith- I mean. Neil Sedante, he wants his defenders to be aggressive, as in trying to get quickly onto the ball. I think that's one of the things why he says he's so impressed with Ben Wilmot is that he will try and nip in front of attackers and will always look to be on the front foot with the defending. So I think you're looking for someone who's capable of that. I think they need to be good on the ball, have a bit of pace about them. And like I say, the one-on-one defending, I think, is probably crucial as well. Um, well, we haven't been able to head the ball away, have we, for how many years? <laughs> so, with my crosses, we can stop coming in and be good. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got Hoover, we could come back, onto. not We could have Henry back.
4: I'm gonna put my neck on the line here and I'm gonna say, Stoke, try and sign him permanently. I know that we've said on this podcast that we're probably not going to be able to, but I just think we've had at the club who have not worked out for whatever reason. We've signed them for big money and we've been forced into learning them out or, you know, giving them away for nothing. I'm not saying that Hoover is particularly in that category, but Wolves being a Premier League club next season, they're gonna to want to stay up. They're they're probably gonna be prioritizing a squad place over, you know, someone like Hoover. What's the difference between one to three million for them? There isn't really. Um, yeah. maybe I maybe wages are a problem, I don't know. Um, but I wonder whether if Hoover has found a home, you know, he went back to Holland, didn't he? I think before joining us and didn't work out there. Maybe if we ask them very nicely and we pay a bit of money for Sarkic as well. um, Maybe there's a little bit of a double deal that could be done, but I'm not in the know or anything. I have no idea, but I'm I'm just thinking when we've been on the receiving end of a bad deal because we find that a player is a bad egg, maybe we could be on the, receiving end of, of, you know, good fortune this time.
1: I watched the he sign for Wolves? What, what was it was a seven? lot, wasn't it? It was like 9, nine million. million. But yeah. The
4: thing is, you depreciate his contract over the time that he's already been there and kind of remaining on his contract. And, you know, that's got to be half that value now. And then you probably have to half that again because they don't actually like him.
5: I was going to say so... two, two separate <laughs> managers have called him out for being, you know, for, for basically just personally telling him that they don't like him so
4: that's it so and for the sake of a million quid like i say do you I, keep I, him around if you don't like him probably not you get rid.
5: realistically
1: what we're we going to be looking to pay for him but probably three million i don't think we're going to for a million
4: no i reckon yeah three million is probably the 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 highest bid that i would put in for him yeah. and he would probably be one of three players if we couldn't get him on loan he would be probably one of the three players that we Probably would be able to sign for money. I think yeah. it depends whether we're able to get other targets elsewhere for cheap. Um, maybe, like I say, him coming in with Sarkic might be a bit more of a uh, a realistic make weight, but uh,
5: we'll
4: we'll see. I d- I don't think that one's dead in the water. Would
5: be we quite really a statement signing as well, wouldn't it?
4: Yes, I think it would. Yeah, and we- Stoke love a statement signing.
5: We didn't it, really see it could that, even... that problem,
1: did we? We didn't really see that, so. You know, maybe he's learning a lesson
2: as well. It could even be as well that he sign him on loan with a permanent next year, thinking yes. it's obviously spreading these FFP yes. and the fees around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are looking to do things on the cheap, I've got some three. I've got three out of contract right backs for you. Jack Stacey, Jack Stacey, Jack Stacy at Bournemouth oh, out blimey. of contract. Have you
1: got Jade? Stodd- um,
2: He's on the left, I think, t j De Silva. Yeah,
1: he's, oh, he's a left back.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, Wes Harding at Rotherham been playing very well this season. He's out of contract. Rejected a new contract to Rotherham, and uh, I, I don't know the D- Joel Latapy at Swansea. Latapy, yeah. Latapy, There you
4: go. He's like a Just like Laurent Ch- again, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Can't wait for the chance well. about him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the boob and end singing his name, biddly Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, I mean, Stacy sticks out immediately, don't he? But I think he'll probably have quite a lot of suitors. Um, anyone you fancy down a free?
4: Stacy just gives me shudders because of Nathan Jones and Luton. Yeah, That's where it comes from, been. I think, isn't it? What could have been exactly right? Him and James Justin. Where's
5: he? What happened to him? I think Justin, he's still in Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God.
2: He just keeps getting seriously injured when he comes back and then gets picks up another serious injury.
4: <laughs> maybe he's gone on holiday with Nick Powell in the summer.
2: <laughs> um so are we are we saying then that we're gonna go for Hoover's number one target? Um has anyone got any other right backs they want to throw up there?
5: I think I'd quite like if we're signing some kind of full backs, I'd like someone who could maybe try and play both sides in the sense that. If if we're signing Hoover, you presume he's very much the first choice as the the rock the city sign in to quote a phrase from ten, fifteen years ago. Um so someone versatile a bit behind that would be would be nice.
2: Joe Bryan at Fulham, can he play both sides?
5: I think he can, yeah. I don't know. Has he played a lot he's of football released. recently? I, I, I saw the links I with him, but he... I
2: Yeah. And he's been released, hasn't he? Uh, they'll say he's been linked with us and there's about four or five championship clubs. Although I do believe the rule, from what we've been told, the rule is if there's more if it's more than four clubs linked in a newspaper article, it's the agent just trying to get the player's name out. <laughs> so take a mistake take if that what you will. <laughs> um I mean left back, obviously we've got Josh Time in there, so do we are we looking for an understudy to retirement or are we looking for hard competition for him? thinking of the whole squad what we've got to bring
5: in you would hope it can be both um mm. it's probably unrealistic to imagine that it that it can be someone who's who's fully challenging him as well but it depends what we what we find i think we're very much shopping in that kind of or we're fishing in that kind of pond where there's a chance we could get someone who's an absolute bargain and a diamond in the rough but there's also a chance it could be you know what Alfie Doughty turned out to be for us, or kind of just your sort of general squad player who's who can do a bit of a job, kind of thing. Um, Depends
1: how you're looking to use time as well, don't
5: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think it's it's not a potluck, and the recruitment team will. I know they're doing a lot more work into data stuff and and analysis stuff, but it is also a bit of a potluck. I think with the with the the pool we fish who becomes available
4: hmm. Morgan Potts
1: yeah, is available
2: I mean, available. Just... <laughs> 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 I mean An- just thrown out a great name there Jay De Silva I mean I think he's he always seems to play well against us um, he sort of left Bristol City will he have his sights set on a move higher up do you think higher up the pyramid than, than where we are and what we can offer him at the minute
4: I know that we're not, not the club we used to be, but we can't, as well, compared to other championship clubs anyway. I know Bristol, I I think Bristol City pay a decent salary too. So I imagine, you know, he, he's priced out of a lot of teams, actually. Even the ones who are, you know, quite high in the league won't, won't want to pay some of the wages that you know the Bristol City or, or Stoke pay so unless he goes to a Norwich or something then I you know I think he's fairly realistic
2: yeah uh, another well-known championship left back on the move is Ryan Manning at Swansea is our contract anyone fancy they uh, take a punt on him
5: I would be very very surprised if he does a bit go to good. very top either a Premier League or one of the relegated teams um He's been. I look at you know. I I often quote the kind of expected assists and the 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 creative statistics for Josh Time and and saying that he's good. Ryan Manning's the only one who's above him in pretty much all of them this season.
2: Yeah. So he could be just out of our reach a bit. So what? What about our return then for Reese Norrington Davis? Sheffield United getting promoted. Wow. Game time. He's improved, I think, since he was at Stoke.
5: Him is he going to get the game time? Him and Ben Pearson in a side would be absolute carnage, oh wouldn't God. it? <laughs> <Blum an egg>. <laughs> <laughs> How many forfeited <laughs> games can you have in a season?
4: Stoke would run out of glue. <laughs> <laughs> <Nine
5: men
2: again>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember everyone used to rave about when you see the first time. I'm like, he's a walking red card. Why does everybody love him? I'm like... And then he got sent off once. I was like, see, see, I, <laughs> just, I knew this was going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. You say about some players they like a tackle, but he liked a bad tackle. <laughs>
4: yeah. But well, so do we.
2: <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> I think he definitely got the atmosphere going back, won't he? <laughs> Damn right, bud. <bro. laughs> That's what we need. We need to say priority number one, and <laughs> Davis, Ben Pearson. The the crowds will flop back and they will be cheering and booing the opposition rather than our own players.
4: (laughs) I don't know how... Sorry, mate. I I don't know how realistic this is, but Nottingham Forest have signed 101 players this season. I'm sure one of them was Harry Tofflow, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. I don't know how realistic that is, but...
2: I did, I did look at Harry Toffler as well. I think he played. I think he's played something like seventeen games this season, but a lot of them were before Christmas, I believe. So mm. he's probably going to now be looking, and thinking, um, "Where's my place in the pecking order here?" I reckon
5: Especially we can stay We we'll get him without him even noticing. He's gone, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> We've got that many players, yeah. yeah it's... <laughs> You like just walk from, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Yeah,
4: present.
2: It's do you know, like the first day of pre-season training. The manager's dress is going to be like in The Simpsons where Mr. Burns gets everyone at the nuclear power plant and stands in front of them <laughs> the world. <laughs> it's just like everyone. Hi, hello, welcome back everybody. <laughs> it's, it's, count it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. eight, 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 eight
4: and oh, no, that must be right, never mind. <laughs> their, their preseason tour must be so expensive <laughs> taking all them and booking them hotels for fifty people.
2: <laughs> gonna have, like got hired two jets.
4: <laughs> Jesse Lingard, yeah. there's there's your number ten.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't think we've quite got the uh, quite got the uh, hundred grand a week that he's being paid at the minute, have we? No, no definitely not. We're
4: not going okay,
1: to
2: I think, that's the best way. He was like the the statement signing, and then they've sort of stayed up when he's gone out the side, haven't they? All the all the results have come since he's been injured at uh, Forest.
5: I think that was that was five statement signings ago for them. To be fair, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't yeah, pa- you can't class that as the statement signing when there's been another six. So
2: <laughs> they've had three three squad overhauls since then. <laughs> so. um, So, uh, what are we doing then? What are we doing with who are we giving him his competition?
1: It it depends where we play. Timing. You're looking at him at fullback now.
4: Yeah, I think he needs a defensive alternative. Like you know, where you've got the choice of like playing each one. Depending on who we're playing, I suppose. You know, if, if we're playing a bit more back to the wall against a Southampton or a Leicester or an Everton that come down next season, fine. You probably need someone a bit more defensively astute. Meanwhile, against someone like, uh, I don't know, Plymouth, who are coming up next season, yeah, we probably need a Josh Diamond. Oh.
2: The savagery of Reese Norton Davis, it is then. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I think he's been playing centre-back as well, haven't he, for Sheffield United when he has played, so... Oh, Jamie Vardy's going to be going home on crutches. <laughs> um, centre-back, so... I, well, I think we're a bit struggling here as well. Oh, I think but... we need at least two, don't we? we need, I think we've only got, as we say, Wilmot and Taylor are the only real center we've got
1: quite well this season is that, that jake cooper from millwall
2: yes very um very good do you think we could prize him away i think roward will be happy to do dealings with us
1: well he hasn't he hasn't got a contract. is he out of contract? Or am i have i got oh.
2: is he on a free well there you go if he's on a free
1: i think he's out of contract. i think he is I'm, I, I might be totally wrong
4: I know that we were linked with Charlie Cresswell, who's technically Leeds player, isn't he? But he was on loan at Melbourne this season. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we were trying to chase for a permanent deal in the winter, couldn't get it done, so we signed Twenzeby and Charlie Cresswell's coming this summer. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that's already pre-agreed. Um, I might be talking crap. Um, the alternative for me that would be probably dip into League One for a centre-back, because I think... You know, if you've got someone like that alongside Ben Ben Walmart, you know, maybe someone who's up and coming would be really useful.
5: I will say with Cresswell, I, I I also wouldn't be surprised if Leeds come down and he's starting for them next season. To be oh, fair, f-
4: forget their rubbish. No, because Allardyce <laughs> will keep him up. All- Allardyce will keep him up. You watch.
2: We'll just have to see Everton down here instead. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah so I think we need two two don't we one, one first team to, to partner Wilmot and one competition now if that first team player is Axel Twanzebe then the competition and the backup needs to be pretty solid I think doesn't it because yeah. he's you again the we've said you know if you get 15-20 games out of him then you might be happy with that so I mean I've got three players here I've just on my travels I've seen about are contract. So I was thinking Nathan Ferguson at Crystal Palace, 22. Um, I think he's played for Wolves against Palace. He hasn't sort of, he's been out a couple of loans, mm. played a couple of times for Palace. He would be a decent, you know, decent, cheap player to come in and on a free and be a backup to then, obviously, sort of, you know, hopefully for him, work his way into the side in the coming years. Uh, Shane Duffy has been released by Brighton. Thirty-one. Could, is he worth a couple of two-year deal? He's for experience. Prime,
4: he's he's prime cultural architect material, isn't
2: he? <laughs> I think he's 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 like he, he was, was a couple of years ago. He was quite. You know, there was some big moves touted for him, weren't there? And he's just sort of drifted away from all that now, hasn't he? and and So he missed the boat and he's in the gardens. You'll probably get a move to the Premier League, but I mean, is he someone we should be trying to to bring back? I think for
5: me, he's more of a defender who's comfortable in a team that's maybe not quite as aggressively man to man as I imagine we're going to be next season. Um, if we're kind of using March as a blueprint, then the centre backs are pretty much are pretty much left to mark players on their own and win a man to man duel. Um, especially, you know, the Coventry games, the one that stands out where they had, I think it was Godden and Giocarez and basically Wilmot and Fox, I think it was, or Wilmot and Jagielka. Good luck, deal with them. Um, <laughs> so it's, again, it's it's aggressive, combative and confident centre-backs, which is probably why Twanzebe, you know, is high up on that list, I think. Um,
2: and the other person I've got on this list just the fact he's got a left he's left footed it's Jordan Thornley at Blackpool being released um, decent central half at this level again not massive thingy but if you're thinking of somebody who's going to come in and be happy to sort of be a squad player could that could he uh, could he be a name that comes in as they say he's back up to a and, and let's not forget Wilmot's going to be coming you know, from a, a fracture in the spine as well
5: I don't know him specifically, um, but the the news from my Blackpool supporting friend is very much that every single player who has either left or remained in their <laughs> squad this season can expletive somewhere. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know
5: whether to take that with a pinch of salt or not, but.
2: Even Josh Bowler, has, has he even, even he's left. Got no, no
4: uh, give for him yet. I forget who he belongs to. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> Actually, I, I I don't know actually he's played for that many different clubs the past 12 months <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we all said earlier on didn't we that was our first choice centre half yeah has anybody got any any other names anyone got any anyone they want to throw out there centre back is it another even if it's just a squad player to sort of sit and come in when
4: he's feeling his thigh or calf or whatever. This could be where a loan comes in useful, to be honest.
1: This, the only one I got was Jake Cooper, but he's out of contract on June the 30th.
2: Free transfer, I think we're going to have to get plenty of them in, aren't we, this summer?
5: Mm. Yeah. I think there's one benefit of the free transfers, though, in that it probably means that a lot of our deals are going to be done before the 1st of July, which would be <laughs> yes. nice.
2: Yeah, because I think that's that. That was always a bugbear with me was like the the, the team come back for a pre-season training. If you've got, a, if you've only got sort of seven or eight players there, and you're then going to be bringing in double-digit signings, even up to like fifteen signings, for example, it, which could possibly be the case here, with state because of how small the squad is at the minute. You want to get as many of them together for as long as possible. So you can hit the ground running, can't you, at the beginning of August? If you bring all them players in one, two weeks beforehand, even just a few days, a lot of them, then you're not giving them the chance to learn, to you know, to gel as a as a unit and as a as a group of people. You really, when you go on that pre-season tour, wherever it is, you want the bulk of your squad to be there, don't you? They're going to be there on the first game of the season. Let's say moving into midfield now, we've got. Defensive mid, as we view as yeah, there is a definite holding midfielder in the way that Alex Neil likes to play, in that and the um, Ben Pearson is the obvious choice. As as anybody, like I think we've got him, and we have number one, number one target overall. I think he is the man who's going to make this team tick. I can't look
1: past him. I can't look past Pearson. Like he's a terrific player. I and think. What's second? Sorry, I know he's annoying, and he, he might pick up cautions here and there. But he, he's not—he's not afraid to put his foot in. He gets back. He covers your full back. He breaks play up. He, he, he receives the ball and gives it well. I can't look past Pearson. We really need Pearson.
5: I think one thing I said in the kind of the the piece I wrote about about the transfer window is that you know the the way clubs do this business now is that they look for for profiles of player. Um, and I think, I think basically what Neil will say is, if we can't get Pearson for money, or where well, he doesn't want to come here, or whatever happens, I think basically he's just going to be telling his recruitment team, "Get me someone like Ben Pearson." Um, so I, yeah, even if we don't get Ben Pearson, I think it'll probably end up being someone who is Ben Pearson under a different name. To be honest,
2: so aggressive, safe passer.
5: Yeah, and confident on the ball because yeah. I, I think that's, you know, there was a lot of comparisons between Joe Allen and Ben Pearson and I think I I, I struggle to be much of a fan of Joe Allen personally because I think that on-the-ball stuff and, like you say, positional discipline and kind of the intelligence of the way he does the stuff he does, I think that's what Ben Pearson brings to the table. And he's yeah. more evil than Joe Allen as well, which is great.
2: <laughs> uh, ben, you you'll be, you'll be happy to know that there's a couple of defensive meds at Forest that might be available. <laughs> Osborne, no, that's uh, Jack, cool. Jack Colback, Louis O'Brien. I mean, Louis O'Brien. He, he ended up in America, didn't Because he. Cause he because the the move back to Huddersfield fell through on deadline day, they didn't submit the paperwork.
4: Yeah, is, is he there for the whole of the MLS season? That's what my thinking is, or or is he just on till you know half of their I, season? Because their season runs from what February till November or something.
2: Yeah, I imagine he's probably. I don't know for sure. I can't imagine Forrest wanting him to be where they can't sell him during the summer. I can't mm. imagine that being a deal for us to be too too happy. They to might be gone. able to
4: recall him, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, good player. He yeah, really you really want? Really
2: did well did 100% did not
4: I I think you want a, a a a young midfielder here behind Ben Pearson in the packing order, who Ben Pearson can teach how to be nasty. <laughs> and yeah, but because realistically, if we do sign Pearson, we've got him for one or two years before he turns into a Sam Klukas and we never see again. So I I I think we're gonna have to try and find somebody who's who's gonna replace Pearson and finding an understudy to him could be a really good bit of long term business.
5: Upsettingly I get the feeling that Jordan Thompson might well be the one who's backing up Ben Pearson. I get in
4: that feeling role. as well however he's just not that kind of he he, he no,
5: just I, can't do it can I he say, I hate the idea myself but
2: Pe- Pe- in you that can that just thing. imagine him can't you? like taking like uh, Ben Pearson taking Jordan Thompson out hunting like ripping meat <laughs> off of his bear <laughs> come on Jordan and he's like no, Ben, I can't. I can't. Oh no!
4: <laughs> Has anyone seen? Um, did Did anyone see? Here's a niche bit of content for you. Stoke put out a food hub World Cup food uh, food tasting eating challenge. Um, with like I think Will Smallbone was in it and Jordan Thompson was in it as well. I want to say Klukas was in it too. Um, everything that was put in front of Jordan Thompson, he said it was too dry. Everything. Every <laughs> bit of food that was put in front of him. If you've not seen it, go back and watch it because it is really funny.
5: It was all soup as well. Man, the man <laughs> just eats soup. Dry soup.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um uh, further up the pitch, obviously we've got Baker and Lorraine Um so probably looking here for some hard say high fitness, high energy, um creativity, discipline. I'd say they're probably the key things you're looking for. Interestingly, we've been heavily linked with Daniel Johnson at Preston, who, for me, has an absolute blinder every time we play them. <laughs> He's like turns into like Zidane every time we play Preston, uh, and obviously doesn't keep it up for the other forty-four games the season. Otherwise, he wouldn't still be at Preston after all these years.
4: <laughs> Was he the groper or the gropey when someone grabbed him in the? Janice hilarious that, that one time a couple of seasons ago, I don't remember.
5: I think you're thinking it's not this type of podcast, Ben. I, think, <laughs> I don't know what you're right about.
4: Here. <laughs> it's light it, it's enough, it's it's 20 past 12
3: now. I, was say, I wouldn't Just, worry, Every, everyone's fallen asleep by now, anyway. <laughs> Every step after dark. <laughs> huh? Um, so
2: yeah, I mean. Would, is he a player would be happy with, Daniel Johnson? I mean, I've got three other names. Shall we give you them now? I, I, go on, Anto. Go on. Give for Bradley Duck, or is that Now he, he has only been released today, Ante, So he has not made my list, but he is definitely a player who i love to watch. Is he still got it? Blackburn fans say a lot of them have said he's not been the same since his injury. Is it just a case though that he this is he's still in his recuperation period, and next season he's probably going to be back closer to where he was? Is he? He's definitely got the creativity, has he got the energy to play this this role though?
1: How old is he now? Twenty nine.
2: Yeah. I think I, I always said he reminds me that he reminds me of a Sunday, you know the Sunday League t- player who he could have been a professional but he just ended up getting hammered in the pub with his mates every weekend so he never did and ends up working in like as a bricklayer or something. And he turns up on his Sunday League and he's just like scruffy hair thingy, but actually with the ball at his feet, he's just like an absolute magician. That's that's Bradley Dack. <laughs>
5: I think my first instinct would be to say that he wouldn't He wouldn't particularly suit what we're looking for, but there's been so many times where Alex Neal has pointed out that one thing we really don't have is any kind of variety in going forward. Um, I think that's why Selena came in specifically, despite not necessarily fitting the style very much. Um, so, yeah, maybe. I'd be surprised if we did, given that, he would probably expect to start most games. Um, But yeah, you never know. That's kind of, that's another one of the Twanzebi things, probably a different level, but you know, you're taking risks on players because you're only, you can only sign risky players.
2: Um, Some, I mean, I've got here, Ollie Norwood at Sheffield United apparently is available on a free transfer now this really? guy's been promoted out of this. He's been out, he's been promoted out of this league about four times. <laughs> Surely you get him in for that knowledge, if nothing else.
4: That that'd be a blinding sign. I can't see that I mean, in a million years. But fair play. I
2: think he's thirty one. He's thirty two. He so
5: it's a very 32. very Stoke signing.
4: It uh, is, to be fair, he uh, once again is prime <laughs> cultural architect material. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um the other two players I've got down here are a bit younger now one of them it's like it depends how if you rate him he was very very highly rated when he first came into this side Um but as sort of drifted not really kicked on I'm not sure he'd get a move to another Premier League club it's Tom Tom Davies at Everton is that our contract
4: <sighs> blimey that's now, a from the past
2: yeah now He's not, I say. He came in. There's a lot of hype, and a, he's not really kicked on. He could be just the kind of move his career needs. I say, is is anyone in the Premier League really going to pick him up? And the other one is somebody I really wanted to sign last summer, and we didn't. Um, he went to Burnley, and the the word on the street is that he's available on loan next year. It's Scott Twine. Oh, blimey. Ooh. He would he would be, I think he is the closest thing to Will Smallbone you could probably get.
5: Mm. Again, okay, yeah, we'd face some competition for him. I think. Yes. Yeah.
2: A lot. A lot of competition. <laughs> um, but I think he would definitely should definitely be somebody we could be interested in. See, Alex, just, just listen to this. We're getting all the players you need. You just gotta you gotta wait your yeah. magic. We, we can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> um so wingers. So Campbell, what we're we looking for? Pace, eye pressing, directness. He wants someone he says he wants wingers who can take people on.
5: I'm gonna throw um, a name out there that I think genuinely might be under consideration given Neil's comments recently, and that is Jaden Philogene Badesse. I nearly said Philogene and then that's not his name, it's Philogene Bidet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. song but still <laughs> I, I think yeah. that's probably the kind of direct 1v1 exciting but also annoying but also creative uh, variation in attack type of player that we'll be we'll be looking at
2: I think he's come on a lot since he was at Stoke as well and he's got a lot more consistent Carly fans of raving about him well, I, he was injured he, wasn't he, was,
4: on he my was here so uh, he, he was a shame that he didn't get the run of games, that he got a Cardiff to flourish. Um, and and again, I'd actually probably say, we mentioned him earlier, Josh Bowler's probably in a similar category. Different sort of player. But yeah, I, I imagine that, that sort of player where we're bringing a player down from the Premier League is, is where I can see Alex Neal bringing in a proper winger to support Campbell and Brown.
2: I mean, we've been linked with three others as well, haven't we? We've obviously been linked with Aaron Whiteman at Glentoran, 19-year-old. I think he'd probably be brought in more to sort of coach towards the future. Um, Ogbeni at Rotherham. We've been linked with him. He's, and obviously uh, the Taylor Hall, Bellis basher, Josh Caroma at Huddersfield. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. Who, um, yeah, so there is obviously a full winger links so whether that's just a press sticking Stoke on because they think we're asked to forwards or whether actually Stoke are sort of putting the fields out on a number of names to see what they can what they can bring in um any of them you turned off by
5: I don't think turned off by any of them to be honest I, I was a bit wary when because I I had a quick look at Josh Karoma um and, and it doesn't seem like he's had a great season with Huddersfield, but then again, Huddersfield fans have been saying he's had a bit of a revival under, under Warnock. Um, but going back to his season under Corbran, he, he was a genuinely exceptional goal scoring forward. Um, did lots of creating, lots of dribbling, lots of the stuff that Alex, Alex Neil's going to want in that, that varied attack again. Um. So I think if he's available on a free, that that's probably the kind of risk reward you're looking at. Um, in the sense that he doesn't work out. Okay, great, we've still got a twenty four year old, twenty five year old, you know, he's not way past his peak. He's not gonna be on a huge contract if he's being released by Huddersfield. Um, I, I think that's that's probably one that kind of epitomizes where I think this transfer window is gonna be going for Stoke.
2: Yeah, I think like I say we're probably gonna be looking at two, three cash players, aren't we? Or you know, fee players and the rest you're gonna to have to beef out with you know, free transfers with obviously signing on fees, etc. Um but yeah, there's definitely I'd like say Coroma, G. Bades, Bowler, Ogbene, all our contracts here. Um so yeah, there's there's options there, but I think all four of those players will have Oh, no, Bowles, Ball, Sorry, balls. Not out of contract, but he's not wanted at Forest, is he? So again, probably a loan, if nothing else. Um, but there's going to be competition out there for all four of them, I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah, so striker. So we are. Are oh, we looking? for a target man. He's got high energy, oh. and I think do you feel we want somebody who can finish? Don't we? Once we, we need, like I said earlier on, there's only three clubs. Um, there's in the, the Pete Smith and the central said, only three clubs at of the ninety-two have gone had a longer wait for a twenty-goal a season striker. We need to that if we can find one of them this season, that will be the massive turning point. I think in turning this side from bottom 7 or eight to top 7 or eight and put us in the you know in the mix for the playoffs and promotion. So, so who is it? The, uh, what's the easy job? Well, there you go. Where's where's the twenty goal season striker? Any any names?
1: It's odd. I don't think We've got two Rab Akpom
2: who's out of contract at
1: Middlesbrough, and they've now not gone up. Whether that'll make a difference,
2: I reckon he's he's probably sealed his Premier League return. I think hasn't he, with his think second so. half of this season. I I think yeah, I think he scored. Was it twenty-seven championship goals this season? I reckon somebody, somebody will take a punt on him in the in the Premier League.
1: Ross Stewart's out of contract, but you know, is he a twenty-goal striker?
5: I will say, kind of coming at the. I mean, to start off, my skin crawls at the word target man because I know I'm so worried that when we get a quote-unquote target man, it becomes the Sam Vokes, Peter Crouch figure who gets, or latter latter years, Peter Crouch figure who gets the ball hit to him at every opportunity with no thought and gives that easy out ball. But I think when we're looking at, say, in a a 20-goal-a-season striker, I think we do have the benefit of having two players, at least in Campbell and Brown, who can certainly hit double figures in a season. Um, Campbell, I would be, in a really good side in a in a top 6 pushing side i would be surprised if he couldn't hit 15 20 um coming in from the inside right or inside left and brown the same i mean it was only it was only last season he was on was it 13 in the last season yeah um in in, in again a, a side that finished 14th um and, you know we we were all aware of the attacking frailty of that side um so i think you you can be kind of bogged down in just trying to find what Timu Puki was for Norwich a few years ago. And I'm sure we'll mention him as as one of the free agents, but or the the kind of the Danny Ings for Burnley or the Mitrovic for Fulham and all that kind of thing. But I think with the money we've got, we're probably going to be more focused on getting goals a bit more spread around. Mm-hmm. Um That that was part of my kind of justification for for quite liking Jacob Brown. I would like to see a loan or a free transfer come in who can challenge Brown for that spot. Um, I don't want to see a Sam Vokes target man um, in the sense of just someone who happens to be tall. Um, I'd quite like to see, as I said, a bit more variability in the attack. Someone who can do something different to what we've already got, which, you know... Pookie's that kind of in the box poacher. We we apparently were looking at Barnes, and he's now gone to Norwich. Um, who would have been that more traditional target man? So seems like we're a bit all over the place with what we're looking at for that.
4: I'll have you know, George, that Andy Carroll tried two bicycle <laughs> kicks from outside <laughs> the box this season. So <laughs> welcome, please the-
2: do. He also scored the best brace of disallowed goals in the space of about five yes. minutes. At one. <laughs> yes.
5: Please don't. If you say his name again, he signs for us. I think it's, it's, that, it's like just, a Candyman type of thing, isn't it?
4: George, you've just got it, except <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Oh. You just get cow printed now, and it'll be cheaper just to get the number printed on the back later on. Oh. They're, they're, I know you're joking. They're better. just so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somebody in the physio room is currently dusting off Nick Powell's chair in waiting.
4: <laughs> no, nah, I didn't need dusting.
1: Ben <laughs> Diaz, he has not signed according to Blackburn's uh, money men, he has not signed a pre-contract with Villarreal. Uh, any possibilities around any Stoke fan?
4: You know what, that's... I, if he really hasn't signed for him... I think he's good, but he's not that good in terms of getting a big move. We'd probably pay the wages. It's completely up to him where he goes. He said he would want to sign for Stoke. I would say, realistically, he would go somewhere else. But the romantic in me goes, well, you never know.
2: Alex, yeah, does he want to make himself a hero, firing Stoke back to the Premier League? Oh, I'm trying it to keep that them 20 up. Goals a season. <laughs> yeah. We've
1: gone from we've gone from just
2: getting ourselves settled in the league again
1: to to Premiership hopefuls here Dan, in two hours
2: I don't I don't, I don't think Alex Neals um, selling selling the, the the dream to him though was you could keep us in this division.
5: <laughs> if you come here Ben, you might get 12th. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of, you, you, know, you, you, can play. you can put us back in that first page and teletext. What do you mean they don't oh, need teletext anymore? It wouldn't, they wouldn't fit his name <laughs> on. Generator. Wonderful. Absolutely
5: wonderful. <laughs> I, I would love it. I would be very I'd be very surprised if he's not a, a relegated club or a, a top flight club in some country yeah, somewhere in Europe I, personally. I agree. But I would absolutely, absolutely love that.
1: I still think there's a chance there.
5: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say zero. I wouldn't say there's no chance whatsoever. Um, I think I, I'd... Stokes
2: should definitely pick up the phone and shut these to his agents. At least that's yep. the question.
4: I've heard that Sam Souridge should... is a I mean... bit further down the packing order than he w- was last season, so maybe we'll get him back.
5: He's still in the gym, yeah, but... isn't he, after that away
4: game that he never
5: played in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in the past half an hour though Ben we've signed about we've signed about six or seven players from Friday so he might be needed now <laughs>
1: going going down the league Clark Harris Peterborough
2: now you see Peterborough if we've got rumour as it we've got about £10 million to spend now Peterborough probably wants all of that for him because they, do, they do not budge is,
1: is he I'm just wondering about his contract again but I'm not sure
2: I think I think he's I don't think he's out of contract and obviously the um, well at this stage I think I'm pretty confident to say that they're going to be in the League One playoff final Um, again he's had a good time at Peterborough but before that he wasn't he didn't have the best of career goals wise especially I wouldn't know if I'd want to spend the amount that they'd want for him I reckon, I don't know, have i have got some names here? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw some names out there and then you can strike them off as you go along. Now, bear in mind, we probably need a first choice and possibly a backup as well. Um, Keenan Davis, you've got Kiefer Moore, Oliver Burney. further down you are probably look at Jay Rodriguez, Will Keane, Lucas Shaw, and a man who was made to play for Stoke. He was. He was named to play for Stoke, He's just been in this SPL team of the season. Absolutely loving life at Aberdeen. Duck.
3: <laughs> oh, God.
5: In in his case, again, I would genuinely be surprised if he doesn't get a, a bigger move or stay there for a little while and then get a bigger move. Um, he's, had, he's had a cracking season in the SPL. Or SPFL, sorry, it's called now. <laughs>
4: But how funny would a up Duck be on the back of someone's shirt? <laughs> um, yeah, I
2: think even at that st- even though it's at that standard SPL level, I think he's he's really sort of shone a bit this year, he? and got all the attributes that you'd want that we we're looking for as well. Um, what about any of the other names? Are we? Are we fancy Kiefer Moore on though? No, no, no. He's no. another one we do.
1: It to be a thing of umping the ball up to him I don't like that
5: I, I think we might again suffer from the kind of all of those names are, are probably the first ones that most championship clubs are going to go for and I maybe I'm just very pessimistic by the last seven games of the season but I, I can't see as being top of the list for players uh, in those scenarios particularly um, Keenan Davis I think th- that's a kind of a certainty to a top top six side in my opinion,
1: where's Nathan Redmond gone? Is he Besiktas or somewhere? Was he just, just a short deal there? I know he's not a out, you know, centre forward thing. I'm just.
2: I'm sure he only. Yeah, he's having... forward, yeah. He went... yeah, he went to Besiktas, didn't he, at the start of the season. Um, I imagine he's still. Let's have a look. I can have a... very quickly find out.
1: I thought he was just a short deal. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so it was a, it was a permanent transfer. Um, but yeah, he's still he's played twenty four times for him this season, five goals, five assists. Oh, so he's done.
1: So, by
2: him. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, looking at the thing, he is like playing every week, ninety minutes. So he's probably going to probably reignited his his career out <laughs> in Turkey. He's been loving life. Um, Lukashov proven championship scorer Ben would you would you take him even if it was just as a man to come off the bench
4: yeah I think I'd take anyone at this right uh, I've I've gone <laughs> delirious um, <laughs> why not um, yeah he's all right isn't he I think he, he always he,
1: plays well against
4: us so does everybody yeah. to be fair if we signed <laughs> everybody that played well against us we'd be not in Forest.
2: Jack <laughs> Jack Bonham won't be very happy in training he, when he sees him.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Bounce oh, too, oh, too high,
4: nightmares. Bounce too high.
5: Bounce too high.
4: That's amazing. Isn't it.
5: I think the only the only out of contract player I saw that screamed Stoke City to me was Troy Deeney, um, oh. and <laughs> again gives me nightmares even saying it. But cultural I, architect <laughs> couldn't. If it wasn't for the spiel we've had about you know aggressive, and again, we've heard it all before, kind of aggressive front-foot team, I would be I would be putting a tenner on on Troy Deeney to come in any of the last seven or eight windows, to be honest.
4: And he's mates with Anthony Joshua, so we get him fighting Nathan Heaney down at about 3.65 this summer. Winner.
2: Yeah, Keiran Davis or even Ollie McBurney's on a free Sheffield United, actually has the most averages, the most shots on target per 90 minutes in the whole of the Championship this season
1: but he's
2: only scored twice you told me that no a stat that Tyrese Campbell is fourth in by the way oh. wouldn't have thought that would you oh. <laughs> um, so yeah McBurney a man who likes to get his shots away so yeah that's what we want from our centre forwards um, I I think if you're going to put Rhys Norrington Davis Ben Pearson and then I've only McBurney
5: up front as well extra Troy we Deeney get- wow <laughs> That is a MMA match waiting to happen, isn't
2: it? <laughs> I think uh, Tony Poulos should be getting a season ticket to this to watch this will team. He'll be loving it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, has anyone got any other names? Anyone we haven't mentioned in well, in any position at this stage?
1: Um, Do so we mention better Sambu
2: We did oh, not. Blimey.
1: I mean, how would you put that name on your shirt?
4: <laughs> <laughs> good job Nigel's retired, isn't it?
1: Jay, Ad- Jay Adams has only got 12 months left of his contract. to uh, Southampton. He's
4: he's, he, he's a Premier League player, though, for me, I think. Yeah. Even though he's in a bad Southampton team, I think he's probably a bit too good for that. He's still, got, he's, he's still not that old either, is he?
5: No, I think he's shown enough in his time there that, well, even if not a Premier League possibly uh, even Southampton keeping him or, you know,
3: mm.
5: one of those leads, Leicester, hopefully Everton if they go down.
4: I think we've got to be really careful because, like, I think we've mentioned it already, we are a championship minnow now, again. We ain't going to be attracting big-name players like we used to be able to. I'm sure we'll still sign one or two because that's what Stoke do. They just love... Uh, A shiny player but we are going to have to be sensible this summer and I I imagine there'll be quite a few players that we haven't heard of coming into the club and you know what I'm not opposed to that
5: I can't wait I I think that is possibly the most exciting part of it for me is that if players come in with no expectation and in honesty no knowledge of who they are that just you know at least I know it won't be the same old Stoke I absolutely <laughs> will be the same old Stoke, but yeah. <laughs> at least it, there'll be four or five games where I can not know what to expect from people. And, I you think- know, the less you know about someone, the more excited you can get by accident.
2: I mean, it turned to crap eventually. Well, I say eventually, it turned to quite, quite rapidly. But that was the thing when Johan Boskamp, when he took over at Stoke and there was all these names coming in and you know had a clue about these players. And you were like, oh, this this yeah, we've got, we've got like, we've got the Czech, the, the, of a fantastic winger from the mid 2000s, the Czech version of him or whatever. And yeah, we've got, um, was the, Sammy Bangor, you know, he's, he's the next George Ware up front. He's amazing. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. And, but yeah, it quite rapidly turned to crap. But I get what you're saying. All those new signs coming in that nobody knew anything about. And, it was exciting because they were, like I said, there was the unknown, and like I said, if, if we can get some players in, who little known players from areas as well, just it'll just um, reinvigorate people. I think.
4: Having said all that, I'm going to contradict myself slightly. I get the impression that Alex Neal is going to be chasing people who have been promoted to the Premier League or have experience of being promoted somewhere you know that seems to be the mentality he wants he wants or players. have
2: experience of playing with him
4: yes because he definitely wanted that at norwich i think he wanted that at sunderland as well um even though he didn't get much of a window there i don't think but...
5: well that was one of the reasons cited for him leaving wasn't it that he was kind of yes being forced to use the youngsters who clearly by all accounts must be terrible youngsters <laughs>
4: <laughs> to to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, <laughs> nice, great.
5: But, I mean, we'll
2: wrap this up now. But I, I've I've saw a report yesterday, or it might have be been the other one today, that says that Tony Maybury's is facing the sack at Sunderland after failing to win the playoffs. I'm like, sure that's like the harshest sacking of the season.
5: I'd
1: sack him. I can't stand the bloke. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I hope that's the reason they give as well. If that's happening, <laughs> it be a great statement to come out of the club, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> it's, I didn't want to sign him in the first place, so the first opportunity I've got, he's out the door, miserable git.
1: <laughs> Comments after the Stoke game that we didn't play with the ball when we totally outplayed them at Sunderland, and uh, you know he, he moaned about the way Stoke played. Stoke were absolutely outstanding at Sunderland. And I just take it on the chin, like the Coventry manager did. Yeah, you know, he, he just took it. He, he took it on the chin. We were the better side, and that was it. But Mowbray, Mowbray, sorry, all does he wanted to say? You know, <laughs> we, we didn't play with the ball. It was,
2: yeah, was to, to be done. fair to him, man, he has got PTSD from all those years when he was West Brom manager, though. And we just, he has got get hammered by Ricardo Fuller <laughs> twice a season.
1: I thought
2: you might have been like a bit battered by a missile or some people like <laughs> um right yeah I mean, <laughs> on that note, I think I think we can wrap this up. I think we've we've um we we've sorted out the summer. I mean that we've been talking that long longer that we might have signed three or four players by the time we we'll find out once we come off here um but yes, thank you to everybody. For your involvement tonight. Thank you coming on. And I look forward to having you all back on the pod at various points in the future.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus Serving Times Delivery Fee and Terms Apply. See McDonald's.com
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.